Abraham Lincoln once said that if you're a racist, I will attack you with the North. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome back to your Nerd of Godcast. That's right, we're going to be celebrating Christ culture, nerd culture, all the things that make you geek out and give glory to God. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, we're going to be flexing our faith and flaunting our fandom, but I'm not going to be doing it by myself, because to my immediate left, he is the very best at being the very worst. With me, as always, it's Steve-O Supremo. You know, I can't really flex my muscles that well because they are underneath chubbiness, so I'm glad to flex my faith instead. Well, all right. Thank you for that vivid picture. (laughs) Uh, Do the truffle shuffle. No. Okay. Do it. (laughs) No. Do it. I'm already inside. I don't need to do the truffle shuffle. All right. Moving around the table. She is a punk rock pirate, and she's traveled the world in the seven seas. It's your friend and mine, Alexandria Marika. I would flaunt my fandom on a t-shirt, but... I only have this Dragon Ball Z one, and I haven't even really seen the show, so sorry. In full poser mode. (laughs) I am indeed. (laughs) Every seven episodes is this one person screaming. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Kamea! Next time on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Next episode. episode. Ah! And then uh, next time on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) (laughs) The show's been on for 30 years. He hasn't landed a punch That's right. It's just all build up. It's all build up. More exposition. It's like when the beat doesn't drop on a really good song. That's exactly right. That's infuriating. Well, speaking of the beat drop, over here, we're going to keep going around the table. There is nobody that can drop a beat like this guy with his stinky feet. He is often imitated but never duplicated. It's the big man Quentin Gregory Neff. I don't eat the beets because, you know. It'll turn your teeth red. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Everybody knows that. Wow. As long as my, as, as far as my feet go, how'd you know? <laughs> we all know Neff. Oh. <laughs> follow your nose. It always <laughs> knows. And uh, finishing up our table talk crew tonight, uh, she is spirited and she's spunky. And really, honestly, no one knows how she got past security. It is the notorious JCC Julia Cameron Colazzo. Hello, everyone. I have nothing creative to say. So here we go. <laughs> In the absence of creativity, you've found your own unique brand of creativity. Thank you. Well, just so that you don't feel like the least creative person in the room, over in the booth pushing the buttons to make (laughs) this bucket of bolts fly. He's our own resident smart guy. It's Nick, the engineer. Hello. There's your creativity right there. (laughs) The low bar has been set. We are so glad that you're joining us tonight out there in podcast land. We would love for nothing more than for you to be a part of the conversation. Julia, tell us how they can jump on board. Connect with us across all of the social medias. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can visit our website, www.nerdofgodcast.com, or come join the conversation in our online life group, the Nerd of God Squad. Search for us on Facebook or jump directly there by going to nogsquad.com. That's Nerd of God Squad on Facebook. Share some memes and live your dreams. We love yeah. it. We love our Nog Squad. Hey, before we get started tonight, I'm just going to take a, a real serious turn here. You know, just going to drop a ton of emotional bricks on you guys. And I'm going to try to get through this uh, in the 
best, most dignified uh, fashion that I can. Uh, but as as of the date that we we're recording this, it's, it is a Friday, and uh, this has been a really tough week. About a week ago, um, I got a call that my dad uh, had. He got the Rona. My dad is advanced in years. He's almost 83 years old, and, um, you know, he's, he's had a couple of health issues. He's a very healthy guy. My dad is super tough. I mean, bodybuilder, fighter. I mean, I wouldn't fight him for money, right? And uh, But but he, he's gone through a, a couple bouts of pneumonia this year, and it's just real, real bad. But uh, he always bounced back, super tough. Again, my dad is a, is a superhero, but uh, but the Rona set him down, and it was, it was really, really rough. And um, finally, he got to the point where he was uh, so kind of incapacitated that they, they had to take him to the hospital. And I got the call uh, last last week on, uh, I believe it was Monday night, that they, they did have to take him to the hospital. It was a really tough time. We we entered into prayer. I went straight to the Nerd of God squad. I didn't put it up on, in, a, in a public capacity. I didn't, uh, you know, shout out from the rooftops. I didn't want it to be a really public thing, but I uh, I knew that the, the squad, the people that are part of this podcast community, um, they're praying people and they're caring people. So uh, I did go to the squad. So many people that have never met my dad, so many people that have not, that I've never met uh, in real life across the country and in other countries uh, joined together in prayer. And uh, we just continued getting calls uh, of, of bad news and it turned to the to the worst. And uh, sadly, uh, my, my dad did uh, pass away on Tuesday morning. It was really, really tough. I've never been through um, anything like this before. The, the, the emotions are really raw and they, they it sucks. It sucks a lot. Um, strangely enough, even though the sadness does come and go, and usually at the worst times, and I'm, I'm the ugliest of ugly criers, so you never want to see that. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, God's presence and his peace was with me during this like I've never experienced it before. And I've prayed for so many people as a pastor that have gone through moments like this. You know, God, let your presence just be with them like never before. Be so real to them. And he really really was. When when you talk about a peace that passes understanding, you really can't understand it until you're experiencing it. And um, man, God was just so faithful. But uh, when I, I, I put that out on the Nerd of God Squad, I got so many messages of encouragement and prayers for strength and, and people asking, how can we help and what can we do? And and I'm just going to tell you, as, as sort of the founder of the, the Nerd of God Squad page, to be able to be a recipient um, to be able to be on the receiving end, to be able to to have the hands and hearts of that community holding me up during this the, the toughest week of my life has been just amazing. Uh, it's been just amazing. I've never felt so supported and so encouraged and so cared for. And um, man, that it just boggles my mind that this is all just to people who who are unified by our love for for God and our love for you know geeky nerdy stuff and. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Every week we start out the show and we say, hey, join our Facebook small group, share some memes and live your dreams. But um, it really is so much more than that. And I experienced that firsthand this week. So for all of you guys that are part of the Nerdy God Squad, I, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, the presence of God and your friendship and faithfulness uh, has really carried the week for me. So uh, it's going to be tough. We're going to keep moving on. Again, thank you for your support and your encouragement. Uh, but... Um, but, but again, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for being there for, for everyone else. I don't want to make the, the whole rest of the episode a, a snot fest, a, a tear fest. You know, if you guys are still praying, please pray for my, my stepmom, for, you know, the, the rest of the people in my family. It's, it's been a tough time. Uh, you, you may continue to pray for me, but I'm, I, I am strengthened by uh, the, the presence of God. So um, I'm grateful for that. So thank you, Nerd of God Squad, for everything that you do and everything that you are. So this has been the worst week ever for me, 
But let's shift gears real, real hard here in the way that we can only do on the Nerd of Godcast. And uh, let's talk about the best thing ever. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for awkward segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right, everybody. Welcome to the best thing ever. Uh, so uh, last week or last episode, we had uh, two titans of the industry. Once again, we're doing uh, duos, famous nerdy duos. And last week we had Miles Morales and Spider Gwen versus Shrek and Donkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember who I voted for, but I guarantee it, the opposite one won. Mm. <laughs> That's how this bracket's no, going. Whirlwind Adventure. All right, and the winner was. Wait, uh, Spider Gwen and Miles Shrek. Morales versus Shrek and Donkey? Yeah. I would assume it. What do you guys think? Assume, what do you guys think? I actually forgot to vote this time. I want to assume it was Miles and Gwen. Shrek no, and Donkey. No, Shrek, Shrek and Donkey. I think I feel like I you and I are on the same I page love, always. I love Spider-Man and, and Gwen, but I, I think it has to be Shrek and They're Donkey. They're just so classic and so quotable. How could you not vote mm. for them? Yeah. Neff, by a score of 67% to 33%. Shrek and Donkey. Oh. And move her on to the next round. And in the morning, they're making waffles. Mm, that is Heck correct. Yeah. All right, now let's go to this week's best thing ever duel. Ooh. The duel mm. of duos. Mm. Duo duel. duel. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> duel duel rules. In sync. <laughs> Boo. You guys are a bunch of duel duel rules fools. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so this week we have Spock and Kirk mm. from, from Star Trek. Logical. Is that where they're from? Yes. That was a joke. Sorry. Um, Please, no yeah. one kill me. Thank you. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Versus uh, the greatest detective ever, Sherlock Holmes, and his trusty sidekick, Dr. John Watson. Okay. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Watson and Holmes bringing the heat. Is this the, the Bandersnatch Cumberbund, Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> it's, Ro- it's Robert Downey Jr. and Martin Freeman. Like, the, it's one the, of each. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get a little bit of everything. The Lucy oh, yeah, Lou. Wait. Can we throw a little Lucy Lou Holmes in there? And then yeah. instead of instead of uh, what's the Moriarty, it's Radigan yeah. from uh, yeah, The Great Mouse Detective. Perfectly it's, makes it's sense. It's Henry Cavill from Enola Holmes. Get it right. Okay. Anyway. All right. So once again, it's Spock and Kirk versus Holmes and Watson. I, I don't know, man. I might have to give the edge more, I, the more iconic team to, to Kirk and Spock. Spock I yeah. feel more like iconic. I would say the more iconic is Sherlock Holmes and Holmes John and Watson. Watson have been around for forever. They've been yeah. around for like 200 years, man. Uh, At least 100. 100. Listen, I don't know. I haven't really invested in either of these franchises. Same. But I feel like I hear more about Spock and Kirk. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought. And so I feel like there are just so many Trekkies that it's going to be them. Well, we can find out, and you can voice your opinion at nerdofgodcast.com. You can find this week's voting poll up there, and you guys can vote on who will be the best thing ever. ever. Fun fact. Yeah? Unless I'm mistaken, Tony's going to correct me. Um, isn't uh, Spock kind of loosely related to uh, um, Sherlock Holmes? Doesn't he say in one of the things, you know, like it's a relative of mine? Who? I think it's in one of the movies. Yes, because he's in half. The TV sh- uh, it's in the, one of the movies of the TV shows. It's in a movie. He says, I think. He says one of my close ancestors coined the phrase. Uh, I can't remember, but it was something Sherlock Holmes yeah. said. Interesting. Yeah. I think, Whoa. Cousin yeah, versus he's ha- cousin. Family feud. Sh- Spock is half human. 
Oh. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty logical. Yeah. Alexandria's like, Makes I don't sense. know, yeah. but okay. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't think I know a buttload of crap about a buttload of crap like I do. See, the fun thing okay. is, Tony doesn't actually put that as something that I do every week, but I make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's been a segment since episode one, Steven. That's been a segment <laughs> since, yeah. since episode no, one for me. It was a segment. Life. Now it's just happening organically. Yeah. <laughs> so this is life imitating <laughs> art. Um, hey, we got a lot going on tonight. Tonight we're going to be, it's February, and um, we are going to be celebrating diversity. We're, it's, it's Black History Month here. At the Heck yeah, it is. And yeah. Uh, we don't have any... Um, any historical uh, episodes where we've really focused specifically on, uh, on, on on black culture. So tonight we are going to change that. And yeah. uh, so we've, we're going to be having a few guests that are going to be coming on our show momentarily. Uh, we'll be playing some games and getting into some things. But uh, before we do, we're going to pause and take a quick break. So we hope you'll stick with us and we will be right back. What's wrong, Tom? Oh, nothing. It's just, I want to be called a Christian, but I also want to be racist. Well, that's okay, because we've got the Terrible Bible. <laughs> terrible Bible? Watch that. It's a revolutionary new product. Simply take your Bible and tear away all the parts that don't fit your agendas, leaving all the verses you want out of context you know, the way God probably intended. Because why else would God write 66 books? <laughs> what if I have unverified juicy gossip I want to tell about Sister Margaret? Sure, just wave Psalm 101.5 goodbye. What if I want to start a fight on Facebook because Norris Dellerby from my Bible study group didn't vote for my candidate? Of course, iron sharpens iron. Well, now iron sharpens tongues. Go get them. Plus, we all know Jesus probably would have voted for your candidate anyway. What about my racism? You know that part about love thy neighbor? It's gone. Now you're free to treat people who look different than you like Pharaoh treated God's chosen people who were, what's the word again? Oh yeah, slaves. Don't worry, we can rip that part out too. It's that easy! If you've ever wanted to buy a collection of 66 books just to end up with a piece of paper that looks like it came out of a fortune cookie, then the Terrible Bible is for you! Terrible Bible will not provide a healthy relationship with God. You will also not represent Jesus Christ, His love, and all He stands for. Using verses to fit your own hateful or abusive lifestyle may lead to a hardened heart, a loveless and joyless life, regret, and eventually spiritual death. Talk to your pastor before using the Terrible Bible so he or she can tell you to your face how destructive and wrong you are. Call now and receive our companion product, Tacky Bible Quotes, absolutely free! Simply tack on verses that aren't even in the Bible, such as, God helps those who help themselves. And, as long as you pray sometimes, you don't need church. <laughs> now available in a lukewarm glass of water on Jesus' bedside table, it's the Terrible Bible with tacky Bible quotes. Because if you're going to be a terrible Christian, you're going to need a... Terrible, terrible Bible! Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Now it's time for Silly Jokes with Julia, the part of the show where Julia comes out and tells a silly joke. 
Hey, you guys, do you know who built King Arthur's Round Table? Who? Circumference, of course. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Silly Jokes with Julia. Join us next time when Julia says... You know, if I had to describe myself in one word, it would be not very good at following instructions. Whoa. (laughs) I love that this season we're basically just... WandaVision with (laughs) the the (laughs) random commercials in the middle of it. Pretty solid. I don't know what you're talking about. I I love it. I wish I understood that reference. All right. We're going to jump in. We have some participants that are going to be joining us here. (laughs) Micah Sims is with us tonight. That's L7. My brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, man. L7, before we do this, I have known you. We got a couple other guests that are going to be coming on. Lim Phil Yaw from God Games and Geekery is going to be with us, as well as uh, okay. Matthew Williams from uh, the Geek Nation. But uh, we're, we're going to be talking. It's a, it's a Black History episode, and we're going to be talking a little bit about racial tension, ra- racial reconciliation in Christ. And uh, so with, with, with my yeah. forgiveness, I'm not inviting you guys on here because you're like token black guys. I'm inviting you on here because yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's just certain things I, I can't lend a voice to. And we want to hear sure. from people that we trust and we respect and we love content creators, but people that we know love Jesus and the culture that we're speaking to. So, uh, But I don't know these guys I, as much as I know you. Uh, we've been yeah, in Cracker okay. Barrel together, and that's where brothers <laughs> are, are born, you know? That is true. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, real quick, I just can, can I run a couple things by you first? Uh, and and sure. you, you can sort of be my litmus test on uh, this is a segment called Is This Racist? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, I don't know if I'm going to say something and then I'm going to embarrass myself in front of the black people that don't know me and love me in my ignorance. Okay? Yeah, I'm not just sure. I, so, I think if you have to ask the question, that means no, yes. no, 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 no. Because I, I, I want to be creative, but sometimes it's like, no, that's too far. All right. So I know. Listen, Micah loves me and I know he won't hang up on me. If I say something that, that's stupid, he'll just say that was stupid. Don't say that. So, um, <laughs> Matt from uh, from the Jeek Nation and the Breaking Ring Rest podcast. I don't know if you've met my friend Who's Micah Micah Sims L Seven before. What's up, man? No, I've never met him. Okay, well, I've not met before. How two, you doing, brother? Two of my favorite people. You, so uh, yeah, Micah has been our friend uh, Matt since the beginning of our show. Uh, probably even before the beginning of our show. He's from out in California, um, and and man, he's actually he he came out here to Florida for our 100th episode. So it, it just doesn't get any more. Nice. Uh, and you'll mm-hmm. forgive me because I was gonna say OG than that, but I feel like everything I say <laughs> on a, a black appreciation episode is gonna sound super white. And um, he is just the OG. G of the G's. He's an OG, <laughs> triple OG. Faux oh, sheezy. Uh, <laughs> just, 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 go, just go with the full for shizzle. Yeah, faux <laughs> Well, yeah, I would, I would, Matt, but I know I can't stop myself from f- saying faux shizzle my nizzle, and I know that doesn't stand for my neighbor. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got to cut it off halfway. I got to cut it off halfway, so... <laughs> I, I was just telling I was telling Micah right before you got on here. It said you got to give me a hand signal because I know you love me. If I get accidentally racist, I don't mean to be, <laughs> but white people are ignorant to these sort of things. We don't mean to be, but sometimes we will say things. It's like hey, and no, that, that is not okay. That's not okay. Um, and so I, I want to make sure that I'm within the boundaries tonight. Uh, it, while you guys are here, and while we're waiting for uh, our, our Lem uh, Lem Philia, uh from God Games and Geekery, is going to be with us tonight also. Um, while you guys are here, let me bounce some stuff off of you guys, okay? I got to title this episode somehow, and I, I want to make sure that I'm not going to do it in an inappropriate way, but I do want to honor the culture that we're discussing tonight. So um, 
where where is something like black nerds matter? Is that okay? I mean, accidentally racist maybe? Um, that's not. That's not. I don't oh, actually. You know, I'll let Micah go first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was I would say it's borderline. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> then you're not gonna like the rest of my list. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what have you done? That was my safe one. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I um, I, I'll, I'll give you a title. I just created a Facebook group. You know, um, and I, Mike could probably attest to this. There are not many areas. Um, actually, I didn't see any um, on the internet that are specifically places for. Christian black nerds. There are black nerd groups or blurred groups, and there are Christian nerd groups like, um, like the Nerd of God Squad. Thank you so much. Like the Nerd of God Squad. Don't you dare! uh, Don't you dare promote their stuff on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am proud proud to be a member of all all of those groups. Yes, you are. Um, But there is there was not a place for uh, you know for for Christian black nerds and. It's a it's a it was a concern um, that people that I know in all those groups had mentioned to me. So I created a group. And I think a great name for the name of my group would be a great name for this episode. Okay. And the name of the group is For Christ for the Culture, and that mm-hmm. I think would not sound racist at all coming <laughs> out of your mouth as you would say that. For Christ, for the culture. Okay, all right, all right. I get it. I like it. I like it. I like it. And now, now let me ask you this. And and again, I'm not trying to stir up any kind of problems. I'm just I'm sincerely asking here. Yeah. Would I be allowed to join that group, or is it like a no? This is yeah. I've already got. There's already there's there's already um, one or two white people in the group. Okay. Um, I'm not. It's anyone that knows knows that this this is a this is a group that's about black people for black people about black culture. So. Don't ex- like, don't expect for, you know, when there was comments about race and stuff like that. I tell people, hey, don't expect their you know comments to be turned off because things are getting heated. Like, because sure. black folk don't do that. Um, we <laughs> we don't turn the comments off when things get heated. You know, you heard, if you ever visit a black barber shop, you know, on a Saturday morning, conversation about whatever it is gets heated, and no one, you know. Um, what what's the name of that group for? Uh, for Christ, for culture. For Christ. Yeah, for Christ, for the culture. Okay, all right. Well, I, I can invite you. I mean, that's I, easy. I would love. Yeah, I love it. So, so, but you're what you're saying is don't come in there and and start answering people's posts with stuff like "All Lives Matter," right? That's that 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 could not go over well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. Not the uh, not um, the right room for that. I guess. You know, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then the post would say, "White people be like," and I'll be like. It do be like that sometimes. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Do that. Hey, I, I, I'm true. the I'm the first one to talk about how black folk are. You know, <laughs> you know how how we you know we we especially like the way I was talking to uh to my cousin about you know he he recently had a daughter. I'm like, bro, you had to name her that. Like, come on. Like you know, <laughs> we can't be making up these names. Like, <laughs> <laughs> your real name. <laughs> you know, like, I, uh, I understand. I understand our culture was pulled, was torn away from us. We can't be making up any type of names. Name needs to sound like something. I got you. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, here's a. Uh, how about this one? I know mm-hmm. why the cage nerd sings. <laughs> A little not that's, not that's to, better than the last one, <laughs> but I don't but, know. Uh, yeah. Come on, throw a little Maya Angelou no. out there. 
So I guess you're not a fan. I, to, I, did, I don't think we gonna go that. I mean, Michael, we gonna go that deep, brother? Like, nah, nah. I, I wasn't going spoken word up in here. Okay. Like, All right. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not it's not that it's like. Uh, but one, Maya Angelou is like sacred, right? For one, yeah, like. Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, like yeah, you, yeah that, like, those, those ones you like sacred. you can't yeah. So yeah. uh and then two, it's just it's just corny. Okay, okay. <laughs> Mike, I don't know if you've listened to the show, but corny is sort of what we do here. We put we can put a picture of Alexandra as the cover and it'll be this is America. America. Uh we gotta okay, so she looks not happy So I guess so 40, 40 acres and a PS five is right out. Not okay. Oh yeah, that's that's not good. Not good. No, How about this I'm, one? Because I, I, I I'm going to demand my 40 acres till I die. Well, so. I, as well you should. And, well and my PS5 while I'm at it. And here's another one. It's a little on the long side, but um, I really feel like it kind of encapsulates our, our culture and our message tonight, which is Wesley Snipes made the modern superhero movie viable, but Hugh Jackman got all the credit. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's a true statement, though. Absolutely. That, that's a true statement. That is facts. <laughs> Yeah, you can say for shizzle on that one. That is- <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's true. Uh, well, we are we're, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move on. I'm not sure if, if Lem is gonna be with us tonight, but uh, we are so glad to have with us here on the Nerdy Godcast. If you're just jumping in, or if editing has precluded our initial introduction from uh, sunny California, you know him as L7. We know him as Micah Sims. Welcome to the Nerdy Godcast, my friend. Salute, salute. So, <laughs> salute and uh, and welcome back. Uh, and also from uh, from Pennsylvania, by way, Michigan, uh, and, and just ru- basically running the entire Northeast Quadrant up there. Uh, we are so glad to have with us the, the founder and uh, fearless leader of the Jeep Nation. Uh, we have uh, Matthew Williams. Matt, what's up, man? What's going on, Tony? I'm so glad and blessed to be back with you. And with the uh, with your crew, who I was not did not have the pleasure of being with the first time. Yeah, we had canceled our show, so they were all on a uh, forced sabbatical. Uh, but they're they're back, you know. They try to get out, they they pull me back in. But uh, yeah, we are so glad to have you tonight. And again, we are talking uh, we're talking Black culture. This is Black History Month. Congratulations, guys, on getting the shortest month. Great job. We appreciate that. Hey. Hey, it is we're, it is. we're taking March yeah. next year. <laughs> <laughs> next year, we're just taking March. Honestly, nobody likes March anyway. I, I mean, it's it, you should swing it back and just take January. Uh, March is the best month. Don't start tripping. Wait, why is March why? the best month? Yeah. That's that's one. That's my birthday. Okay, happy oh, birthday. It's my mama's birthday. Okay, fair enough. It's my grandmama's birthday. Man. It's my twin twin baby girl's birthday. Okay. Um. Captain Kirk's birthday, <laughs> Spock's birthday, all right, Shaq's birthday, all right, okay, so Jason Kidd's birthday. I mean, man, March is the bomb. You know that that just means I know what your entire family was doing in June. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Summertime. Yeah. I mean, four, four, four straight generations of a March birthday man. from my wow. grandmother to my twins. Four straight. Well, then you can have it. All right, we're gonna, we're going to make that Matt History Month. That's what it is, right there. I'm okay with that too. You can have it. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, we have a, a, a two question interview, and I got a couple questions I want to fly by you guys today. And since we have some special guests, we're going to get your unique perspective on some things. Uh, now, as nerds, uh, uh, people of color, and believers, you guys have a really unique niche, unique perspective that I I covet. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Some things, but before we do, let's just start out in the realm of fandom. Who is the coolest? And we're going to define this right here. Who is the coolest black fictional character? Actually, before we get started, let me ask you this. 
what's the right word for me to say? Black? African-American? Person of color? I don't mind black. I would black. say black because if you say yeah. American, like I don't know what country my family came from in Africa. Very cool. All right, I just thank you. Just say black. That's cool. I just I, yeah. I, I do know, but it's still it black. It, we we we've been here four hundred plus years. Just black. Man. You can say black American. <laughs> All right, black, black black American, but but not even just Americans. Who's the coolest black character then? The black fictional character that you think that is the coolest guy around or gal. What, what do you think, Alexandria? So, I want to hear from the sister first. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, because I grew up seeing these movies with my dad, and this is like a really cool bonding moment for us, but I love Storm. Storm. From Storm. X-Men, because it was a strong woman, mm-hmm. a strong black woman, yeah. and she could control the weather. Yeah. She's so cool. What the heck? <laughs> but that, that, for me, like... That was super cool to see that because, like, growing up, I grew up in a very rural white area, so seeing empowered black women was not a thing, mm. except for X-Men. Do you read a lot of X-Men comic books? I've seen, or I've read a few, but I, not. I'm just going to tell you, Storm in the movies doesn't even compare to Storm in the Terrible. Comics. Terrible. Really? Oh, yeah, Stor- Terrible. Stor- Storm in the movies is whack. Like, I love Holly, but trash. No. Torrible, and, yeah. and the other other woman too. I didn't like her. Halle Berry? No, the one from the uh, the next oh, the generation other one. ones. Oh, the, like oh, the younger Apocalypse. one. She yeah. she had she had the look, but the, her role nah. wasn't well written either. Like, That's the they thing. They just well they, ne- they didn't write well for Storm. Yeah. I mean, I you, I cringe. What well, you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Yeah. This is an Oscar oh God, winning <laughs> actress. Yeah. And, uh, and Storm, really, uh, I mean, beyond uh, the fact that L- Wolverine and Cyclops could never get past their own egos to actually do anything effective, Storm was the definitive strong leader of the leader. X-Men. Leader, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and, and a great yeah. character, phenomenal character in the comic books. And with the mohawk, she looks so cool. She's oh, yeah. the coolest looking girl. Um, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. lie. The mohawk. <laughs> that mohawk is dope. <laughs> All right, so we got we sure. got to vote for Storm. Uh, wh- who do you say, Neff? My heart says John Stewart. John Stewart, it is. But no, you can't take more than one. No, but that's your an- no, that's your answer. But I'm just hop onto it if someone else says it. I hope Micah says it. Cause, okay, because we talk about a certain character a lot on Twitter sometimes. So and a certain character that so just why got is, HBO Max? Why is the former host of The Daily Show the coolest character? No, different John Stewart. The Green Lantern John Stewart. John Stewart is such a cool. I mean, like he just he's so smart. Like he's an architect, he's an engineer, he was in the military, he just and he's such a great leader. And he, he's like his constructs, so he's he's a Green Lantern. For those who don't know, John Stewart is is a Green Lantern at one time, the Green Lantern. Like and I, I still think he's the Green Lantern, because that's the one I grew up with on Justice League. But like his constructs, because he's an engineer and an architect, he has the most solid constructs out of everything. Because it's everything's built down to the minute detail, and he's just so powerful. He's just OP. He's and he's like I said, he led. He's the leader of the Green Lantern Corps currently, I believe. Like nice. he's he's the guy. Yes, he is. Nice. He's so cool. Very cool. Uh, Steven, what do you think, man? I I. I want to say uh, Killmonger. Then you just specifically, did. No, yeah. I don't know. I'm not even going to say But specifically, because I really liked um, Michael B. Jordan's performance in Black Panther. Yeah. Like, I would I would see, like, four more movies just of his character. Yeah. yeah. Even though he was the bad guy, like, you still, it was one of the few villains that you sympathize with because he wasn't wrong. 
he just went about his thing in a different way than T'Challa would have done it. Yeah. And you're supposed to cheer for T'Challa, but I just I really liked his performance and I really liked the character. First off, can we just agree that Michael B. Jordan is just rad? I yes. mean, so good. He's the only good part oh, of yeah. Fan Four stick. <laughs> I watched Fantastic Four with my son the other day, and I'm going, this movie is terrible, but Michael B. Jordan is Jordan's still really good. good. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan's still good. He is still so likable. He's great in Creed. He's just. I just don't understand why y'all would put yourself through that torture of watching the movie. <laughs> Sometimes. I haven't you, seen it yet. Sometimes so. you have to hurt to grow. Just fa- take don't a nap. See it. Don't waste your time. Just take Just a nap and watch a YouTube mm. video. So I, I have no have plans. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, we only got halfway through it if it makes you feel better. Uh, Julia, do you have uh, a character, a black character that, that you think is really, really cool? Yes, but first there's someone in the waiting room. Oh, we got, we're going to admit. Thank you so much. They've been much. waiting for so long. They've been waiting for the last half an hour. And now, time zone! <laughs> <laughs> and time now, zone! that's what you call... That's what you call an entrance. <laughs> and now, making an entrance, my favorite fictional black character <laughs> from God, Games, and Geekery. It's the Bad Gamer Elite, Lem Phil, y'all. Welcome to the Nerdy Godcast. Oh, hi. Yeah. Hey, Here's a cat that knows how to make an entrance. <laughs> that was fantastic. Lem, welcome to the show. Sorry. You're on with uh, with Micah Sims, with Matt Williams, and the Nerdy Godcast crew. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, going hey, on, brother? Hey, Lem, we're talking about uh, the coolest fictional black characters, the characters that make us jump up and say, that, that right there, that's a cool black character. Uh, or maybe not. That's sound, that may be the second whitest thing I've said tonight. I'm sorry. That's a cool black character. What was the first? <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to know. <laughs> you cannot say second whitest thing. I have haven't said it yet. <laughs> He's saving it. He's saving I haven't it. said it yet. It's, it's still this isn't even my final four. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we were just Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger was really really cool. All right, so let's uh, let's jump in. Micah Sims, uh, the coolest black character in fiction. Are we are we uh, are we sticking to comics or no? Just any, I was going to ask that same question. He said black fiction. <laughs> black fiction. Anything. If I can pull a, a character from one of my favorite shows, okay. New Girl. Oh, Win- Winston Bishop. It's okay. going to be Winston. I love Winston. The best. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's so good. Yes. Was anybody about ready to He's be mad? The best, if man. he said coach, would I you was have been a little be- bit mad? I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Winston's pretty hilarious. He's one of my favorite parts of that show. He's awesome. Winnie, Winnie I just the, started yeah. Winston. Winston. <laughs> I just started season two, and Winston is my favorite character Winston. right oh, now. Oh, yeah, it's your first time. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching just, it for the first time. Is your first time? Yeah, no, oh, he only Oh, my moves. gosh. I just well, got to, like, to the prank episode. He wanted to oh. hit Schmidt with a Oh, ski. my God. <laughs> Winston and I are prank bros, because here's the thing. I, it, I'm either super lame, or I take it way we, too far. Right. <laughs> was, was Winston the one who did the puzzle no, but he, upside down? Yeah, because he, he doesn't know how to do puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's such a good character. I, I want to so say funny. like my favorite Winston moment, but I don't want to spoil the joke for Alexandria for when she gets yeah. there. So... I just bad. said something bad. I can't he's, say. He's the best, man. Uh, that's a great, great answer. Jumping in, Matt, what do you say? Coolest black character. Well, I hate to say you're all wrong, but you're all wrong. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. The, the coolest character in black fiction has set the bar for black cool for decades. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's Shaft. Oh, okay. Shaft I can, I can is dig it. the I can, coolest. I can dig it. Black character, <laughs> bar none. 
I mean, they're all the great ones. Shut but your mouth. But the coolest, <laughs> <laughs> 12 mouth shaft. We can dig it. He is the cat that won't cop out when there's danger all about. Oh, man. That's right. So did uh, now, so, I'm not talking about Samuel Jackson's shaft. No, I'm talking about Richard Roundtree. So you're not talking Urshan. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Afro and pork chop. I'm, that's, I'm talking about OG. I'm talking about that black leather jacket. And I, I have the movie poster. I don't have it up. I have the poster. Hotter than Bond, cooler than Bullet. Mm. Shaft. Mm. <laughs> How does he rank uh, with Dolomite? That's. You don't oh, have to Dol- Dolomite. Dolomite. No, he's he's number one. I, there's <laughs> Shaft has his own like the theme. This Shaft has like eight words to it, and it's one of our most cherished songs. Like yeah, Shaft is that no, dude. The minute you hear that, you know it. Yeah. And I I have I own the Shaft trilogy. You know that. Like I don't know if you know there's a Shaft trilogy. Oh yeah, Shaft in Africa. Shaft's big score, which is a sequel, and then Shaft in Africa. Yeah. Do I get do I get like street cred points for knowing? You get points to know about <laughs> Does that erase at least that, one that, faux shizzle? And that was the I think that was the whitest thing you said tonight. Do I get that street might cred? get you invited to the cookout? Oh, if you invited to the cookout, you know it's real. Well, I, right? Lem, have you gone yet? I don't even know anymore where we are. I know. I have not. Um I'm 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 gonna be on kind of the same vibe as Shaft. Okay. But um, because he was very cool in every sense of the word, but he was also very educational. I'm talking about Easy Reader. From Saturday what? morning cartoons. <laughs> from Saturday, mor- from Saturday you know, morning, right? right? So Easy cool. Reader, Reader, baby. Yeah. Cool. Easy Reader from Electric Company, the yeah. old Electric yeah. Company. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we showing the age. Yeah, so, yeah. That's right. So you said that, and I thought you meant Captain OG Read More, and I felt like that cat was black. But no, I know he's talking about Easy Reader no, no, now. No. Easy Reader, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you electric company, baby. It's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Very, very yes, cool. Sir. And then that, oh wow, that's yeah. a that's a deeper cut than Shaft. I'm just saying, like I didn't, I didn't watch Shaft oh, when I was in preschool. Looking it up, but I watched. I straight up watched the Electric Company. I like his. Hey, you guys. Very oh yeah. Nice. Good answer. Good oh, answer. I, I I feel so so uh, pedestrian with mine. I, w- I was going to go with Luke Cage. Oh, Luke Cage is cool. Ooh, I, I like Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Did you go, Julia? Oh, no, not yet. Luke oh, Cage is cool, <laughs> but Luke Luke took a while to catch on because that yeah. yellow shirt and, and, the, and the metal headband, right. Netflix, that wasn't working. Netflix Luke Cage. Yeah, I like that Luke yeah, Cage. Yeah, I like that Luke Cage. Julia, jump in. Tell us yours. Sure. I was just thinking Static Shock. Yes! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was my, that was, I had a list. It was on my list. Oh, Static Shock is so Static cool. Wow. Oh, oh my what did goodness. he pull out? Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Heroes oh, for Hire, baby. Hire. Yes. That's yep. dope. And that's it's, what's uh, up. it's signed as wow. well. No. Right down here. So awesome. while we're doing that, then I'm going to pull out Misty Knight, too, as being really, really rad. I'm a Misty yeah. Knight fan. Oh, no, yeah. Misty yeah. Knight's dope. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's move on. We got we got a, a couple more questions. I'm going to cut, kind of cut this thing short a little bit because we got to get moving on. So Falcon is, is taking over as the new Captain America. Miles Morales is is our new favorite Spider-Man. Uh, so what other character could use a black makeover? We're, we're going to reboot a character as a black character who needs to go black and never go back. Mm. <laughs> oh, can I go first? I wish you would. Please do. 
All right, let me. I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna say I personally am not a fan of recasting established characters as different genders, different races. Okay. I personally feel that's lazy um, and poor storytelling. I would prefer that there be new characters created. So, like, Miles, to me, is a new character. Yes, he, yes, is. he is a Spider-Man, but he's a separate character. He has his own identity. Correct. He's not Peter Parker as Black. He's Miles. Um, so, the, the, big and the big popular one is James Bond. I don't want to see Black James Bond. I would like to see Black 009. You can call him Alistair Elba. Smith. And you can have Idris Elba be yes. Alistair Smith and 009 is oh. out there doing his thing. Yes. And you can have a woman be 008. And that way you expand the MI6 universe. Like that, that way Bond isn't carrying the entire thing because, you know, all the Bond actors say they get burnt out. Well, you don't have to get burnt out anymore because Bond can still be your main dude. But you were actually building a universe and creating new mm. characters. They, uh, they, they kind of did it, but they did it on Broadway. Okay. Um... Mm. And I, I like the concept because uh, of Hermione Granger being black. Oh, yeah. Because in the books, uh -huh. they talk about how her hair, like that was, that was the it's main thing they focused on. Very kinky, very bushy, very frizzled, and fr you know? And to me, that just sounds like black, black hair. hair. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's so true. And right? I never thought yeah. of that. And so, so when, they, when they did that in the musical, or, or whatever they had on Broadway, yeah. um, I was like, that makes complete sense. Hmm. But because the world's idea of British folk is very Caucasian, that's, you know, you have a very Caucasian everybody cast, right. except for Liddy Jordan, who they say is black in the in the uh in the books and they uh and uh dean lavender dean brown yeah uh lavender lavender brown they never said that she was black in the books, let me she? let me jump in here well, real quick well, I'm raleigh say, confirmed that she was black i, I believe i've never seen the harry potter movies either or read them but if i'm writing a character named lavender brown that's a black character <laughs> Mm. <laughs> See, I, I think Mike, the, Micah the was second... that was that okay? Micah's not giving me the no, no, yeah, yeah. No, you good? No, you. Good. <laughs> See, I think I think casting Hermione as like a black character really accents like the parts where she's called Mugblood, like that. Yes. I think, that, I think those parts would be so much yeah. more poignant. If if she was cast as a, as a black with a ba uh, black actress, I mean it makes a lot of sense. I mean Draco my, Malfoy, my Draco Malfoy is like the poster child for the Aryan nation. <laughs> yeah, mm. right. Oh, clearly. And I yeah. think when they, I, I still I side I I see Tom Felton. I give him a side eye because I don't trust that. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, look, there. I, I'm, I I know I'm not the only one. There are a lot. You can ask some black folk. There are some actors who play racists so well. You look at them and you it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know yeah, I about you. Right. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, never again. Yeah, I'm sorry, Christoph Waltz. Uh, you're delightful, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, uh, when, when Gary Sinise played George Wallace, I was like, I don't know about you no more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you did that you know a little too good. <laughs> Steve either a great actor or there's something we need to yeah. know. <laughs> I, re I remember when they when they first cast for the um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and they asked J.K. Rowling, like, how do you feel that they cast, you know, uh, a black woman to be Hermione? She's like, well, I based Hermione on myself and her characteristics, but I never said what race she was. And she was 
super happy that of the casting. So like if the creator mm -hmm. of the character can say yes, like it doesn't not that it doesn't matter, but she applauded the casting. That means that like right. she it doesn't matter for that character, her color matters about her characteristic, and that can be any a person of any race. And well, that's what I think right. she was meaning. In, 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 in the upcoming um, Batman, the the Batman with Robert Pattinson, mm -hmm. uh, you've got uh, a black actress playing Catwoman. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it fits. Like, I don't go, oh, wait a second, excuse me. And then in the 1989 Batman movie, you had uh, Harvey Harvey Dent wa was played mm -hmm. uh, by Billy Dee Williams. Billy Dee, Billy Dee. Yeah. The, okay, so yeah, the same Eartha thing, Eartha Kitt was Chris yeah. And she was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I'm not 100% that Eartha Kitt wasn't Catwoman in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's well, a poster well, as Yzma, who turned into a cat. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It all yeah, comes together. What's wrong with Sam Wilson being... Captain America today. Uh, I, I think that Sam Wilson has proven himself to have all of the virtues, yeah. all of the integrity, all of the loyalty, all of the cunning. The and he's got wings. And, and he's got wings. Captain America. No, but see, that's the problem. Because that costume in the comics was terrible. <laughs> that and, that and costume shield. in the comics that was obviously directed. Terrible. It was put together by the same guy that made Power Man, uh, Luke Cage's costume. Isn't just a headband? Yes. Does he have a headband? <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, he does. Yeah. It's like, how can we make this brother look as flamboyant and crazy as possible? <laughs> and that's oh, a, let's keep the wings and add the shield. And that's the thing. I feel bad for black characters historically, as you know, when you go back to the 1960s and 70s, because they were always given the stupidest costumes. Do you remember Black Vulcan from the Super Friends? Of course. Oh, my what, what was oh, that guy wearing? Like, he didn't come to work dressed. He, he was wearing, like, uh, a leotard singlet thing it was going on. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on there. but you Had know. his thighs all out. <laughs> Do you remember being... Because his powers would have totally taken out the pants. So they <laughs> yeah. just, you know, we're just going to leave him off. Electricity <laughs> in his pants. So yeah. He's like Hulk. He had a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Make sure it's got the right pants. Yeah, it's all about the kind of trousers that you're wearing. Yeah. Do you remember a, a time in your life when you realized, when you aware, uh, became aware as a as a person of color that you're watching the Super Friends and there's only one black guy and the rest of them were all just a bunch of white people? Like, is that something you've always been aware of, or did was there a day that that just dawned on you? Oh no, that's. I think, at least for me, that's something I always noticed because you look to to identify with something mm -hmm. and so if you're watching a show uh like super friends or reading something like a comic or something like that and there's like one black character i think it's noticeable yeah at least for me it has been i uh i can't say that it's something that i always noticed you know because growing up that that's the way it was you're you're from wisconsin right yes i but yeah, well, I am not from Wisconsin. I, say, I grew up in, in Brooklyn. New you York. may be the only black person in Wisconsin right now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I am the only black person in Wisconsin. <laughs> well, oh, wait, Wisconsin not, no, no, they're, they're, they're all three brothers in the Wisconsin basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> from from here? <laughs> yeah, they ain't from there. Nah. <laughs> Just saying. You can hear more That's on true. the Geek uh, Nation <laughs> podcast. They don't. They don't. Their, their homes are not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Lem, I apologize. Um, Please continue. Oh no, no, no worries, no worries. Uh, I, uh, it's it's just something that I've it's always been, and it's a little sad, you know. So for me, it's I'm noticing black characters now because there's so many more of them than when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I grew up, and uh, the black folks I knew on TV were 
you know, there, there were none on Spider-Man as an amazing friend, except no. for Storm when she showed up in the X-Men episode. Yep. Um, there, uh, you had, uh, you had Roadblock in G.I. Joe, <laughs> you know, right? So for me, it was just, that's how it is. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm noticing it more now be, uh, that there was, there were less black people in my shows that I watched only because I'm seeing more and more of it now for my kids, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, when they're watching their shows. Okay. I, I grew up in a home where my parents made sure there was plenty of black culture that was being represented. So most of the television and, and things I was exposed to generally had black people in it. We were watching, you know, um, the Jeffersons and the Cosby show. And, you know, I was watching 227 and Amen. Like I was watching a lot of <laughs> black television that they're probably sitting there like, what is that? Good time. Um, what's happening now? You know. What's happening and what's happening now? Um, I had those on DVD. Um, like, I, so I was watching a lot of that, as as well as watching things, you know, on, um, you know, on like Nick at Night and you know the Dick Van Dyke Show, Mary Tyler Moore, Get Smart, and stuff like that. So it was a pretty big mixture for me, um, but I would notice that you know, on black shows you had a primarily black family. Uh, or characters, and you would sprinkle in some white characters and others. Um, but on the white shows, it was just a bunch of white folk. Um, and you rarely saw anybody uh, of color. And um, but my mom's favorite show, my mom controlled the remote, so we were watching Star <laughs> Trek a lot. Um, you know, Nichelle Nichols was that person that I was seeing in, in, you know, in white media that was constantly being there and, and representing. So I definitely noticed it, but when racism became exposed to me as a child around eight, nine years old, that's when it really became apparent of the differences that I was noticing in the media that I was watching. Most definitely. I, I, you know, I love the story about Nichelle Nichols, how she was ready to quit because of bad working conditions. And actually, uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. King said to her, you can't quit. Like, you don't understand how, yep. how groundbreaking your involvement in this show is. I mean, not only being a, a prominent uh, black character, but a black woman and part of the, like, the senior crew is uh, yes. huge, huge. And, and Roddenberry wasn't afraid to push the envelope on that and, and, and make Yo, he wasn't afraid, challenging no, statements. I'm the first interracial kiss on television, Star Trek, you know, so. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and I always was always kind of like weirded out by the fact when I was a kid that it's like I felt like they gave all of the crappy like side roles to, to black characters with the exception of Roadblock, who was bad to the bone and nobody ever questioned Roadblock and G.I. Joe. Uh, but, but you're exactly right. that it, it, When it comes to like the heroic thing, it was always like the token character, the throwaway character. I felt the same way even as a little kid with um, like Winston on the on the the Ghostbusters. It was like Winston Zedmore. There was really three Ghostbusters, and then that guy, you know, who kind of got tacked on, didn't really get any screen time. As much as that wasn't supposed to be the original plan, poor Ernie Hudson got backburnered so bad in that movie that well, that, and that well, that's just Paramount being ridiculous because you know, I mean, that was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, yeah. yeah. And they were like, well, we can't, you know, have him be attached to so many projects. So, you know, we're going to, you know, because in his character was written as a doctor. Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in there as a doctor as well. He was supposed to be super smart. Then I'm like, no, no, Eddie Murphy, let's just grab Ernie Hudson and just make him a regular guy. So we need to have a regular guy being represented. And, you know, and then I don't know from like in Stranger Things, nobody wants to be Winston. 
Yeah. Like, that is a real thing, you know? And brothers, we kind of were like, we were with Winston just because we fell bad because Winston just, he got dumped on. And that that was not cool. Now, they kind of made up for it in the new story because now Winston's got his, you know, PhD or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's up to snuff, but... Yeah, it, but it was it was a tough shake, and I've read even interviews with Ernie Hudson where they had written so much more for that character, but they cut him back on filming to where he, where he initially showed up in the, the first act of the movie. They cut him back to where he didn't even show up till halfway through, and uh, even yep. then he was just kind of there as a as a side. And character. You can't even get him on like on the. I've looked for Ghostbusters as avid Ghostbusters fan. I've looked for posters with all four of them on it. No, it was only just the the three. And I'm like, I I love yeah. Winston. Because he's because he's a Ghostbuster. He's one of the four. Yeah, he's the grounded one. Winston is our window to like as the normal guy looking in at these absolute like incompetent, crazy uh, weirdos. Yeah, he's, like, he's supposed to be us. Yeah, he's he's our world uh, window into this. That's world. a big Twinkie, Julia. So yeah, I was just gonna say, kind of stepping away from Ghostbusters and all that. Um, I remember I was in an acting class in college and. We were talking about Friends because a lot of us had an interest in doing sitcoms and the, stuff the like TV that. The TV show Friends? The TV show mm-hmm. Friends. And when you look mm-hmm. at, first of all, just the extras, the extras um, in New York City was where the show took place. Yeah. And it was almost all completely white people. Well, as we know, New York City is a very culturally homogenous place. Yeah. It's yeah. mostly white people. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, so, yeah. no, obviously. <laughs> but, like, uh, looking at um, it, I don't remember. I was trying to uh, find it. I was on my phone. Sorry <laughs> if I seemed rude before, but I was trying to find exactly when, like, the first black character was actually introduced into Friends. And it wasn't until several seasons into the show. Wow. Several seasons. It, it was seasons. Aisha Tyler. Yes, it was. Yes. Aisha Tyler mm-hmm. in, yes. in season. I, I hate the show. I don't, I've never seen a full episode. Sure. Um, but it was Aisha Tyler in like season seven, I think, is when they finally had a black person appear in New York City. Can yes. I just tell you how much I love Aisha Tyler, by the way? I'm sorry. Oh, she's the best. I had. She could call me so right now and I'm changing my last name to Tyler. What I'm saying. <laughs> I had such a huge crush on Aisha Tyler. I am not even joking. When she hosted The Soup on E!, I was just like, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't oh. she eventually take over Talk the Soup anyway? back in the day? That was great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Wonderful. And- sorry. I, I, I digress. No, no, no. And no, but here, but I. The thing, see, and I don't know, um, my man Mike and me can, can confirm this. Um, you know, we was watching, you know, Living Single is the original. They they stole Friends. That's is, true. Friends is white Living Single. That's um, true. And it was That's a better a true show. Fact. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about that show. <laughs> 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 it's a true fact. It's, it, 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 the exact same concept, same city, same setup. Um, oh my goodness! And it was it was, and 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 uh, Living Single was pitched to NBC first, and they turned it down, and then Fox picked it up and turned it into a hit, and then they were like, "Oh, this works," um, and then they made Friends, and they were making you know a million dollars an episode, and you yeah. know the better show was not unfortunately. Yeah, oh. Indeed, indeed, yeah. So what what and they had the bomb intro, yo. <laughs> Oh man, I totally forgot about that show. I don't have a joke. I just uh... <laughs> that, that's okay, Shorty. Because generally, generally, black folk at this time start singing the intro, and like just... I was waiting for that to go. I was disappointed that you didn't start singing the intro to the Jeffersons. That was. Oh man! I was really hoping for a little moving on up there. That that's a that's a top ten all time theme too, mm. without question. 
So, so is this? I can't, being I can't do it. Uh, I can't do it justice. So I didn't want to sing it. Well, it's okay. If, if you would have just we got three there, brothers, we can do a choir. We, say, we, none we of us. <laughs> right. And if if we would have said that's a little pitchy dog, you could just say that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all go right back into our white privilege dens. And I'm sorry, I don't know. It's got a lot of throw cushions in it. Very beige walls. And all the Very furniture is from Ikea. Is this being fixed now? Are we starting to see a little bit more representation in fandom? I mean, is this a, a, a renaissance for people of color? Or do we still have a long way to most go? Most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, being a father of a um, mixed race family, um, most definitely. Like uh, my grandson, who uh, he's 75, 80% white. Um, his favorite superhero is Miles Morales. Yeah. He goes around talking about calling him C-Sig on Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, that would not have happened as when I was a child. In the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like that, that wasn't going down. Let me let me ask you this, because and I, I I love Miles Morales. I love what they did with Spider Verse. Is it mm-hmm. to the credit? Like like I, I when I look at Miles Morales, I'm glad to. I, I love the the blend between like the black and the the Latino culture. I think they did a mm-hmm. really really good job, especially like in the video game, bringing the city to life from a, mm-hmm. a perspective that yes. Peter Parker would have never really been able to 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 walk in. When I look at Miles Morales, I think of him as a really cool character, but I don't necessarily see him as a cool ethnic character. I don't I don't maybe associate that with all that as part of his character. I don't go, hey, that's a I like the black Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like I just really like Miles Morales because he's a well-written, well-developed, fully realized character. Uh, should I take more time to see and appreciate the culture that he represents? Or is Absolutely. It a- okay. Because um, one thing that society has has done, especially since the height of the civil rights era, is further sep- try to separate um, black, you know, non non Hispanic black people and black Hispanics. Because um, in the fifties and sixties, they didn't care if you spoke Spanish or not; you were still black. They, they didn't care. Spanish Harlem Harlem it didn't matter; you were still black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that representation of black Hispanics has been extremely low in media period, whether it's television, film, it's been low. And um, that's that's something that Bill Cosby tried to do with the Cosby show. And if you if you're a fan of Cosby show, you know since season one, Felicia Rashad was using a lot of Spanish because she was supposed to be, you know, a black Hispanic woman. Um, so Miles's character is huge for that that part of black culture in America with black Hispanics. Um, and then there's a reason why his his father's name is Jefferson Davis. Jefferson, um, Jefferson Davis so was the, the president of the Confederate States. The of president of the Confederacy, exactly. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of subtlety um, in the storytelling when it comes to to Miles. So it's it's not it's not overt, and which is one of the reasons why I think Miles is taking off so much is that the way they're telling those stories and the way they're bringing that uh, to light is that they're doing it subtly. Um, that way. It doesn't appear to be browbeating you, and that way you can con- younger people, especially, can consume it in a way that makes more sense to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. What do you What do you think, Lim? Um, I, I love that you mentioned the younger folks because, um, I was part of a uh, a, a youth conference 
last year, early, early last year. Um, and uh, there was a speaker that came in to talk about diversity. And uh, one of the students, black student, in his talk said, we don't need to talk about diversity. We're already diverse. We know, you know, these are my friends. I don't need to, we, we don't really need to talk about it. Because his question was, do, do we need to have discussions about diversity? She said, no. I think that as we look through the generations, there are people that are playing Miles Morales. My son, 10 years old, living in Wisconsin, playing Miles Morales, doesn't see Miles Morales as, as a black kid. He sees him as a kid that got superpowers and his best friend's covering for him. Doesn't even look at the race that his best friend is. Doesn't look at the race that Peter is. Um, and I think that there's a, a generation thing. So what we need, what that shift that we're seeing is not for our kids. Again, you know, I'm, you know, he's from a, you know, he's a uh, product of a mixed marriage too as well. But we don't, it's not for our kids. It's for us that are teaching our kids. Mm -hmm. It's for the adults that are teaching the kids now, because that's who. Because we're we're dealing with our parents who dealt with just crazy overt racism. Yeah. Whereas they our generation with... is dealing with that covert racism. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well said. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I want us I want us to end up at a place where it's like Star Trek where you're on the bridge of a ship and nobody has to point out the fact that Chekhov's Russian and Uhura's <laughs> African and you know uh, Sulu is, is Japanese like nobody needs to talk about that because we're all we're all humans we're all the Federation we're all from Earth now if you're a Klingon we'll straight up call you out but you know at, yeah. least, at least humanity <laughs> is pulled together uh, L7 Micah what, what do you think man are we reaching a, a good place when it comes to representation right now uh, I think the key is that we are aware or we're aware that there was a lack of representation um and so because of that there are more um strides yeah. for representation mm -hmm. and i mean it's the same thing my my uh my uh children they watch things uh read things see things play video games and they just it's a uh, and i think because of you know it's it's very good storytelling but um they just see you know it's a kid like me yeah like that you know with powers um who's going through similar situations as me um and you know it's just, it's a beautiful thing um to have that awareness and to have those strides uh, for representation. I, I have a friend, uh, he's been on our show a couple times, David, he's, he's a black man. And, and I, I was, I was talking to him about this a couple months back and, and he shared with me something. It broke my heart to hear him articulate this. He said that he grew up so much watching his favorite heroes and, and, and characters and, and video games. And he said that there were times when he wished he wasn't black. Is that a pressure? Is that something that you've ever felt like the culture? Do you feel like that that the culture plates is that burden on young people? Is that a reality for you? I've never felt that, but I know. Um, I believe media can be persuasive. Mm -hmm. um, and for an example, I'll use this as, as an example. And and Steve, you can co-sign. You can co-sign this. And Power Rangers. 
we'll, we'll, we'll use Power Rangers. Um, each ranger um, represents uh, a certain personality type. You have like the Red Ranger, he's a leader. You have uh, the Blue Ranger, he's like a nerd. You have the uh, Pink Ranger, who is the pretty one. The bubbly, <laughs> cheerleader, the pretty one, yeah. Right, you Steven, would you co sign? Yeah, yeah they, they, all, they all have right. like their own stereotypes. Yeah, to. right. And so if you have if you have a consistent um certain type of person in these roles, right? Um this is the pretty one, but the pretty one looks like this. And so you have people watching this and but I don't look like this. So does that mean I'm not pretty? Does it mean I'm not, you know what I mean? And so it, it can, it could be a, a, a it can cause a, an individual to be self-conscious, I would say, if, if what they're portraying is a certain type and you don't look that way. So you, you say this and I'm going, so we have the pretty one and we have the smart one and we have the heroic <laughs> one and then we have the black one. The black one. Yeah, and then you have, and then you have the Asian one. Yeah, and then yeah. and the and yeah. she's the yellow one. It's almost like you have. Yeah. This is your characteristic. This is your your defining trait. Your defining trait. Your defining trait. And it's you're black. And you're black. And 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 they they uh, yeah, and and they 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 have changed it up now. Uh, yeah. There's been uh, uh, I know like in the late '90s, there's been uh, certain racist a race um that have been in certain roles um but yeah so so you know it, it do you feel like that, that, that maybe they they try to overcorrect instead of representation meaning we've developed good interesting and engaging characters we just try to force diversity just for diversity's sake like there was an extreme ghostbusters show and it's like well here's the white guy and the black guy and the latino guy and the guy in the wheelchair and and you create just sort of this rainbow <laughs> coalition of of let's just fill in the slots it doesn't matter if they're interesting dynamic or effective we're just going to throw one of each color in there that to me is lazy writing I want to see characters that matter, and and you know you the con, con, contradict that with like Miles Morales, who his heritage enhances what makes him a great character, but it's not the only thing. It's not just like well, he's the black kid who becomes Spider Man, uh, and I, I love that. Alexander, you had you you wanted to jump in. Oh, I was just gonna say that my my brother growing up, so I'm mixed race. I know that I look white. My brother has is more evidently mixed race so he was on the blunt end of a lot of like racism in school and things like that um and for him he wanted to grow up to become an actor and that's what he's doing right now in los angeles but he's he's had to fight so many stereotypes and so many people who have told him like there's not a place for you you know and and so you talked about like this renaissance happening for black characters in media and i think it's incredible to see not only that it's happening but that like we all get to play a part in it yeah. and it's like like you each having an avenue for that to talk about this is my culture this is also something that i'm interested in as a nerd you know so like we're creating avenues and spaces for these things to happen and for my brother who was consistently told as as a student growing up like there's not a space for you but like now we're seeing that happen 
And it, it, I think there is a danger of it almost going to the other extreme where we're just like forcing it to happen. But I think there is not like organically this space being created. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes not only for him because that's healing for him to see like I am capable of doing this. But now this is speaking to his son who is mixed race, mm-hmm. you know, even like he's Filipino and black and white. You know, so now there's spaces being created for all of these people to have like, uh, I am represented. I do have a place, and I I can be like seen and recognized, yeah. and I can identify with with somebody that I see on on the screen. I think that's so amazing, and representation is obviously so so important for people to like see, for kids especially to grow up seeing someone that looks like them, but even more so seeing someone that doesn't look like them, seeing people that. You know, like if your whole family is white and you grow up not seeing any representation of other races, like what are you supposed to know? You don't have a perspective or like an even knowledge of anything other than what you already know. Right. And for us to grow in acceptance and to grow in really, I would even argue our faith is to not ignore our differences and be like, oh, I want to be colorblind. Like maybe, you know, you are when you're a kid, but to celebrate the differences and to acknowledge that those things are what make us stronger when we come together. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big dividing factor, but I don't think it should be necessarily ignored. I think representation for all kinds of people, for everyone to see is so important. Absolutely. One of the coolest moments I ever experienced, I was on the, the boat, the ferry boat, going to the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. And you know, you see little kids out there all the time and they're dressed up in their little princess costumes and stuff like that. And one one day I was, I was headed over there and I saw this little white girl and she was dressed up as Tiana. And I thought that that was extremely cool. I thought she saw a character that she liked, that she looked up to and she represented that wasn't just Cinderella. It wasn't just the generic cookie cutter Disney princess. She said, I like this character. And although this character doesn't look like me, I want to be Tiana today. And I thought that was really, really cool to be able to look and say, I'm not going to, well, I can't be Tiana because she's black, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. no, Tiana's rad. Tiana's smart. Tiana's strong. Tiana's the best. She's heroic, and I want to be Tiana. Girl, go. Yeah, Yeah. I want to be Tiana. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's cool when you have a character that that can be uh, black or or a person of color or a woman or whatever, and that character is so well done and treated with such respect that anybody can say I can see myself in that character I think that's been so rare growing up that was so rare I you know I'm gonna be Batman I'm gonna be Superman but no but you know nobody wants to be black Vulcan that's that's where we are or or if you're the black kid that's I, I like our, pants I like pants so even shorts but 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 <laughs> not not that he, not that booty thing that he was wearing <laughs> he was wearing all briefs it could be Hal Jordan right it could be Hal and we, uh, Tony, you mentioned you mentioned Tiana. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely the goal. And that that is a beautiful thing. Yes. Um, one thing that we want is not just representation, but genuine, authentic representation. Right. Um, yes. Because Tiana and the stereotypes, but also um, Princess and the Frog and Soul are the the two quote unquote black you know, experiences by Disney, being that you mentioned that. And they both have the same big knock in that your black character, who's your main character, spent most of the movie 
in another form. Not being a black person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were a, wow. a colorless blob or a frog. That's yep. the most frustrating thing is that you have these black characters, but then they're not actually black characters. Yes. And well, people are like, oh, I felt this sympathy and I fell for this character. And I'm like, yeah, you fell for them while they were a frog right. or a cat. You didn't look at this black woman or look at this black man and be like, oh, man, I really feel sorry for them. Or I really connected with that character. You were connecting with the person in the cat. Wow. Right. Part of that, though, I mean, what and, I, you know, I, I, I agree. I fully agree. You're, you know, th- on the outside, they're connecting with that person. But are they also connecting with who that person is without even having to see them so that there isn't that bias of, oh, that's their skin color? I don't want to watch this. But then you get into, oh, that's that person. This is their culture. Oh, we went into a barbershop with the cat, mm. right? And now we're looking at the the barbershop culture, which I miss, by the way. God, dirty. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and you know what? As much as I knock the the, 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 the trope that unfortunately has been prevalent, not just to knock on Disney, but it's not a new thing to put black people and animals. Mm. Um, that barbershop was Accurate. fan. That was... They had the Slam magazine on the table, uh-huh. the New York like Knicks jerseys, the like, like that was a somebody went. They consulted with somebody or multiple black people <laughs> yeah. because that, that was, was a I New York a City. Yeah, that was a NYC barbershop to a T. Yeah, it, that was amazing. When when I was a kid, uh, and I, there's probably a lot of kids that watched Soul that never made the connection that they were being exposed to a different culture. I'll say a lot of little white kids that watched that movie and never really made the connection. Hey, I'm looking into the window of a culture that I wouldn't ordinarily be a part of. This is not part of my world. In the same way, I'll go back in time with with the Cosby show. And I know we can, you know, oh, Bill Cosby, don't don't talk about him. He's a bad guy. But hey, the, forget the guy. The product is amazing. The product, the, yes, exactly. the product is amazing. So when I watched the Cosby show every Thursday night when I was a kid, I, it never really occurred to me that they were a black family. Like, I, I was aware of it, but I didn't. I felt like he was America's dad. I felt like this was a family of really successful people. Now, if I'm a, uh, the, the fact that they were writing a, a family of black people that was uh, a doctor and a lawyer as opposed to, you know, maybe the down-on-their-luck kind of like good times version of the, right. the, the urban family, I, I thought that really showed, look, this is what America can be. But, but... To me, the coolest thing that I take away from The Cosby Show wasn't the, the fantastic cast and the brilliant writing, uh, but but Bill Cosby was so intentional on that show of bringing in so much black culture, music, and, and art, and exposing mm-hmm. people to from, from tap dance to when they would come down the stairway and they would sing, you know, a classic song. James Brown. And and oh, and I'm okay. sitting in my home and without even being realized it, I'm being taken on a journey through black history, the, the history of creative black Americans in my living room without realizing it that I would have never known who Lena Horne was as a little little kid. Right. I would have never known who and you know, go down the list of all these amazing people that they put on the Cosby show. 
I think that any time that you can take a character that captures someone's imagination but lead someone on a journey through a world that they would have never experienced before, you've you've created something very, very powerful. Yeah. And I don't mean like Mulan, you know, when, when you're going across the hill and you got a talking dragon there, uh, but I mean you're really going through the culture, the creativity, the virtues of, of an entire race of people. You can taste and smell and feel and experience something that you would have never been a part of before. It, it was the most intentional TV show, in my opinion. Like, to me, the Cosby Show is the best sitcom of all time. Like to me, there's no greater sitcom. As far as we've come creatively, as far as we've come in a culture, and I still don't know that we're really getting representation beyond kind of like superhero movies and TV shows in like the world of video games uh, with intentional black characters. But that's a conversation for maybe for later. But in in, in real <laughs> <No>. life, no, <laughs> we, we both just, just yeah. we're all just not like no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> but but uh, we actually, uh, I, I do this thing called gametography, uh, and I, I think we talked about it before. Yeah, but. Uh, there's a group of us that got together and we were, uh, we wanted to put out there this hashtag VP diversity. And there were people that were wanted to represent, uh, 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 the LGBTQ, uh, TQ, uh, alphabet mafia, uh, folks. <laughs> and, uh, have you guys never heard of the alphabet mafia? No. no. Oh, yeah, that's a common term. You've uh, never heard the term alphabet mafia? No, no. I'm still stuck on the oh, fact wow. that they, okay. they stole right. refractory. Well, the that must be a Midwestern thing. Because yeah. <laughs> I hear that all the time. <laughs> all right, so the alphabet mafia. Um, the, and there were people that wanted to represent women uh, out there in video games. And I was, and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I want to represent not Caucasian characters. It was so hard to find yeah. mainline characters. Good luck. Oh yeah, it's, to it's do this way. crazy. And, oh yeah. You know, but you know, between but you know, between going through not just black characters but Asian characters, uh, Native American characters, Asian characters, uh, we we were able to do that for a, a month. In, in like June, we did this. And we gotta and remember, said, in, gonna even in video games, this. even most Asian characters have blonde hair and blue eyes. This is what yes. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at you, Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> oh, and, you know, and, and and speaking of Final, I mean, I'm a huge Final Fantasy nerd, but they are top in the egregiousness when <laughs> yeah. it comes to Barrett, the characters. Oh, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII alone is no, a walking. Barrett, Barrett's, Barrett's not that bad. It's the boy Saz from Final Fantasy XIII because he got this brother with an afro that has a bird in his hair. Yes. Like, come hair. on, what is that? I played that for like a hot minute. Uh, <laughs> I was like, come on, what, what is that? What is that about? Yeah. And then he's, in, then he's falling for this 15-year-old girl. Like, come on, man, y'all killing me. You, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a, there is a tremendous lack of representation there. But but beyond games and, and, and the cultural thing, in the real world, where we all live this past year has been a uh, it's been a tough year uh, in real life where people are living and they're dying and, and people are reacting. Um, how, how do these how do these things uh, affect you as a black person? And, and maybe more importantly, how do they affect you as a black person of faith, you know, as a Christian? It was really a year where my family, especially my kids, really got exposed to what my life is like as a black man. Um, and it kind of started in 2017 because um, before all the, you know, um, 
you know, Barbecue Becky and, and, and stuff like that really kicked off in the news, um, it happened to me. So to just quickly set the, sta- the, the table of my five kids, um, one of them is my niece, uh, my wife's my wife's niece. Um, and, you know, she's 100% white. She has cerebral palsy. And we I, I was also the one who would take her to therapy. And I stopped at the grocery store, asked her therapy one time with her, came home, and about 20 minutes later, the police were at my door because someone called the police and uh, made a report that they thought that, that there was something going on between me and, uh, and my niece. My niece, you know, she's losing money. She's scared. Police are at the door. My, my, my baby girl, my twin girls, they're scared. Uh, my wife is half asleep because she was working third shift back then and she had just gotten home. And they're like, what's going on? And unfortunately, someone, you know, they, they said they thought that, um, you know, they, they saw me arguing with my girlfriend or wife at the store. But my, my niece was nine years old. Nothing, looking nothing like a grown woman. And I, it was clear that they saw me, a black man, a, you know, six foot, you know, 350 pound black dude, you know, with this little white girl. And they assumed I was taking her. And they filed me because they gave the police my you know license plate number. They filed me out, you know, called the police. And it's something that, you know, it could have been, it could have been deadly for me. And, you know, there were multiple cars there and they thought I took somebody. And that was, you know, an, an inkling into what I've had to deal with, but really didn't share with, you know, my, my family. Because that's, that's something that you all obviously want to just, you know, bring on to people. I, I've been pulled over for DWB, I don't know how many times, but I don't tell my wife every time it happens because that's something that I don't need to be constantly on her mind. DWB you know, That's being, not something I want my kids to have constantly on their mind. If you don't know what DWB means, means driving, driving while, black. while black. yeah. Um, and it's something that I've experienced a lot growing up because uh, my parents were well, were very affluent, um, made a lot of money, drove very nice cars. So I lived in predominantly white neighborhoods and many times put over because I was driving a black guy, driving a nice car in a nice area. Um, and I have fancy taste. I drive a Lexus. So I'm a black dude who lives in the suburbs and I drive a nice car. And it's part of the price you pay for, for that success. Wow. Um, so that's not something that I wanted to expose my family to constantly, but with the advent of social media and the mixture of the level of technology and the media putting it out there and the fact that you can now share what happens to you when when i was coming up in the 90s as a teenager i had no record i couldn't it was just my complaint hey i got pulled over by this cop for no reason now there's a way to prove and you can see hey i was i was harassed so um it was a really big year just exposure wise and people realizing um, especially my family realizing that, you know, what I really have to go through um, as, as a black man and what other people are going through. Yeah. What, what's what has been your experience, Lem? Well, my kids uh, and I, you know, they they're aware that in the past uh, there have been, you know, I've driven through small town Wisconsin. Uh, and uh been pulled over uh been asked you know what i'm doing and it's it's a it's 
it's a little it's worse when um when you're a graduate of ringling brothers clown college <laughs> and you're in makeup mm-hmm. and you're driving your in-laws van because the family needed to keep their van at the in-laws house for a second and uh you know you get stopped and you get asked a question you're trying to ex- explain what's going on and they you know they're the thing you're talking back wow when you're trying to answer a question um this year has me had me looking less as, again like i said before that overt uh racism in, in 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 our country now very covert so when i'm driving through a town and i see certain things in on lawns you know that you know that like mm, I, I and my job is to stop at houses i work I, my part-time job i work for a window company i go do the final inspections mm. and sometimes i'm driving in rural wisconsin and i'm going out in the boonies and i wonder if i'm coming back wow uh i don't i on the phone, I don't sound. I hate saying it like this, but I don't sound you like. You code switch. You code switch. <laughs> yeah. We all do. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I you know, and people that you know, uh, I I went out to this one house and uh, it was a Latino gentleman, and he said, uh, "I don't know how to say this, brother, but uh, I didn't think you were black when you called." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yep." That was on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I shook my head and he said, he just shook his head right back. (laughs) Uh, Because, and so I've, I've become more aware of what's going down in, uh, in my state, my area, my county, whatever. And it's a little spooky, a little scary. Uh, because racists in our area are becoming a, a, a lot more vocal. Mm-hmm. My wife, who is white, uh, received a uh, uh, an, an email that mentioned racist things because she was married to me. Wow. And phone call at her job. Wow. Wow. So... You know, I'm so sorry, it man. Sucks, that sucks. But that sucks. That, but there again, I know it's out there, and what what am I going to do about it? Except, you know, I still. It doesn't matter how horrible they treat me. My job is still to love them. Yeah. And that's what I have to. It's not easy. Thank goodness we have but, we we have a pattern in Jesus who didn't preach that from a position of only ever being ha- having palm branches waved in his in his path and you know people you know blessed is he 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 preached that from the position of people beating him and spitting on him and making up lies about him and treating him like like the worst person in the world too that yeah. that has to be some form of encouragement that has to be some kind of help when you have to love the worst people in the world yeah because Boy, racists, especially, especially people who use God's word oh, as the justification for their racism. Ugh. Oh, my. Oh, don't. I yeah. mean, 
Um, this is why we spend half the time not on Twitter. Yeah. Mm. Let me jump. Let me let me jump over to Micah real quick. Micah, we we we've been friends, man, for about five years, and a a little bit more than that. And this this year was hard for you. I follow you on Twitter. Uh, I've hmm. seen some of your emotions. We've ha- we've had words on Twitter, you and yeah, I, and and, sure. and and not in a not in a bad way, but in a brotherly way. That I think uh, some of our disagreements moved us forward in in for me in helping me understand your experience, which that's sure. what good communication should do. But man, when sure. there was things happening, you were hurting this past year. I've had a similar situation um, uh, that he mentioned earlier. Um, I've experienced racism myself. Um, and so to see it, um, you know, uh, in this country, um, and shared and posted, um, it was, it's just hurtful. Like we're in 2020, you know what I mean? And we're still dealing with these, the, the same issues. So it's very hurtful. Um, what was more, what was more even hurtful, um, in addition to that was, uh, white evangelicals mm. who um basically co-signing um certain behaviors mm-hmm. and um i i have i have conversations um and i this is something um that i always mention and say um this country uh unfortunately was uh birthed or created um on the enslavement of Africans and its and their descendants and on the genocide of, of natives. Um, and that is the foundation or one of the foundations I would say. Um, and because of that, every structure and system created from that foundation uh, has that sort of type of corruption. And unfortunately, uh, I would argue American Christianity does as well. Um, And and so because of that, you have, that's why you can have a preacher preach on Sunday, you know, Jesus, Jesus and salvation. And, um, you know, in the same breath of, you know, be racist. And so, um, you know, it was very disheartening. Um, but at the same time, uh, it was a lot of teachable moments. Like I have four children and um, for them to, you know, see these things, you know, I have to step in and teach and guide and lead. And um, even though, you know, it was very hurtful and, uh, you know, I was angry a lot of times, um, still, you know, have to had to be a priest over my house and show them that they had to love and they had to, um, you know, love our, our enemies. Like this is like, we get taught these things every week. Love your enemies. And, uh, you know, there comes a time where you have to put these things into practice and, uh, you know, yeah, it was very, it was very difficult. 
I, I remember the, the conversation that we had. You you reacted, and you reacted very strongly. I think that, and I don't feel called out here. I'm, I'm actually building up no, to my own independence. You know, uh, Micah put out <laughs> some strong language, some what I would call maybe maybe not not exactly his, his from his Sunday school lexicon. Uh, it, it was some strong. <laughs> but you got to remember, there we're removed from it now, but we were watching on TV for weeks at a time, cities burning. And people hurting, and yeah. and and it just seemed yeah. like, okay, so we had, you, you know, we'll, we'll isolate maybe the George Floyd incident or, or or what have you. You have this thing that gets national attention, and you would think, wow, this is really bad. Let's talk about this. Let's deal with this. And you had people that were almost arbitrarily, in in their attempt to do good and in their attempt to defend what they thought was right completely discrediting the hurt and the pain of an entire race of people mm-hmm. saying well well yeah but you don't understand what you're going through doesn't really count because it's like let's let's not make this a your side my side thing let's try to find out where the truth is in all this and mm-hmm. and 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 while I don't ever want to see a target burn because target is my happy place <laughs> I, <laughs> clean bathrooms they do have the cleanest bathrooms <laughs> but, but um but, but but you know, Micah said that, and and as his friend and as, as a spiritual you know brother, we we I just kind of I said something without really thinking about the impact of it. And I was just like, hey man, you know, be better than that. You know, don't 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 result. And and he basically shot back and went, with all due respect, you don't know what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, I respectfully receive that. You're right. I don't. So I withdraw my comment walk through this the way you need to. I'm always going to be your brother. I'm always going to hold you to a higher standard uh, in Jesus' name. But at, in that moment, I didn't fully have the right to express my opinion beyond just what God's Word says. I didn't have the authority to express my opinion because that was not something I'd ever felt. Uh, and I'm still reconciling yeah. that. I'm still trying to figure out what role I can play in being a help in being a, a, a mentor or in being a, a voice in the right direction, but not either underplaying my role or overstepping my bounds. Does that does that make sense? And that's why I wanted to have this conversation sure. tonight with, with, with you guys and with the people around this table so we can maybe bring conversation to the forefront because as long as it's us versus them, as long as it's black versus white or left versus right or, or you know rich versus poor or whatever, um, I think that the people of God need to come together and say, let's all see this from Christ's perspective, mm-hmm. not only on forgiveness, but also in, in, in the name of justice, in the way of if one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. We have to step up and, and help those people. Uh, Alexandra. I was just going to say, you brought up that you're trying to find where your role is for like for your voice. I think sometimes what we tend to skip past is first let's hear the the hurt heart right behind what's happening so the first step i think is listening to our stories right and even as somebody who hasn't i've seen my brothers experience racism i've seen my father be threatened you know and my brothers be pulled over i haven't experienced that so i don't even fully understand it but i gain something by hearing their stories and saying okay how do i meet that in grace and mercy sure because if i just swoop in and try to like fix everything well then congratulations i've i've just played into the white savior complex Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i don't have the answers but i want to hear where you're coming from so that i can stand with you well said Uh, 
I feel like the church is failing. The, you use the word the American church. I feel like the American church is failing in in making the stand that we need to make and and make and this is not a, a black church white church this is the universal american church is not doing enough or doing too much of the wrong thing maybe when it comes to being uh having a seat at the table or being a voice in the conversation or making any headway in the way of influence uh w- would you guys agree or would you disagree with that um i think um looking at uh like these are real issues and problems and we try to sometimes come with a chapter and verse it's it's just like like the story of job he he was suffering and his friends try to well i know what happened you're a sinner and god (laughs) instead of just you know what let me just sit with you job let me just listen to you Mm. Let me just, do you need anything? They try to find an answer or explain it away, spirit, like spiritualize it. Wow. Um, instead of just actually just sitting there. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, the American church can just, well, you need to, you know, then chapter and verse it away. And it's, it's not, uh, instead of just being there, listening, a lot of the like a lot of the stuff that we see from from the church um, if we turn towards love I think that would go towards wanting to hear because we love people wanting to hear their side I, I think that I don't think that the church the general church now we're here down in the, the dirty dirty south you know what I mean we're in the in the Bible belt <laughs> I don't know how it is up in the Northeast in the Midwest I don't know how it is out in, in California but I mean here in the south we it's a mixed bag I, I get it I mean we as balanced and contemporary as we want to be we we still got Alabama right around the corner so it is what it is <laughs> but I, I I don't know that the church generally is racist by commission I don't think that we're going out and saying well black people are just the worst people can we get rid of all the Negroes I don't think that's the way most churches are but in the things that they're not saying, if you look at the subtext in between the lines and not only the, the words, but the attitudes and the actions. It's in the subtleties. It's yeah. in the subtleties. Mm-hmm. I think that, that it, there is a, uh, I don't want, I hate the word systemic, but it's it's a deep-seated, it's like, it's like getting in a car after someone who is a chain smoker or whatever. No one might be smoking now, but you can definitely smell it. It's still there. And, and even if, if I could say, no, I have black friends. I, I don't hate anybody. Okay, maybe that's true. And a lot of these preachers and churches might really have the best intentions and think that they're right. But what are you supporting? that might not be causing unity what are you endorsing what who did you not stand up for what did you not say that you should have said and i think that there's there's a great deal of culpability in that arena too from sunday school as as a five six year old year you know this think back to the 70s and 80s you know we had those ladies in there and they had those little felt people and they were showing you stories of david and Goliath, and they were showing you Solomon, and they were showing you Adam and Eve, and those images were white images. And they were showing you David, and they were showing you, you know, Jesus. You had this white Jesus. I'm sorry, white Jesus did not did not go 400 miles into Egypt and hide amongst the black people, and and be and be camouflaged. That it doesn't work that way. People, people in this country, they grow up with this image of white Jesus, and and they see themselves, you know, as as the Israelites, 
when they think about when they talk about Moses and the stuff, they imagine themselves as those who were oppressed. Well, our Moses is while Charlton they Heston. were being the oppressor. Our, our Moses is Charlton Heston. You know, our, our, that's that's exactly our Moses is Christian Bale. It's Val Kilmer. It's it's you know that's, right and, exactly. And, and, and because of that, I mean, in the same way as when you go to Baskin Robbins, I mean, vanilla is default. That we're yeah, and, and I, I don't mean this in, in, a, in a, an aggressive way. We're the ones who wrote the stories, you know, uh, the, of this culture of this country. So we can cast whoever we want in in the role, and I, I, right. I mean that in a in a way of admitting culpability. Uh, to your yeah, point, right. Ale- Alexandra, mm-hmm. I was shocked to find out last year, as a missionary, former missionary, the first missionary in America and sent from America was an emancipated slave. George Lyle, he was yep. he founded two churches in Savannah, Georgia, and he was the first missionary to the United States and then to Jamaica. None of my white friends know that. I didn't know that until last oh, year. Oh no! And, and those are the the I things. I didn't know that until like two seconds ago. <laughs> well, here we are. His last name is spelled L I E L E. George Lyle. I mean, it's amazing, but nobody knows. Nobody talks about this history, and the and 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 the the impact that this man had. An emancipated slave. He was born in 1752 and moved down to Georgia, and was emancipated and became the first missionary. Wow. There, there's so much story. I think that get that gets buried underneath the. Uh, and I'll, I'll use the term, and I, I you know the, the whitewashed mainstream. Of, of you know we control the narrative um, and, and I think that you lose out on the fact that God has never been telling a story even if you go back to the biblical times God wasn't telling a story from the perspective of one race of people mm. and this is even no. when we had he had a group of people that he called his chosen people right <laughs> like and he still you know got to weave in outsiders I mean we look back into the earliest laws the mosaic laws and it's like hey look you better treat foreigners you better mm. treat aliens you better treat the outsiders the right way uh and 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 you know when we weave ourselves to that story we see people from many nations ultimately it all comes together at the end god doesn't say and behold we're all going to go to heaven and everyone's going to look just like ward june wally and the bee you know like we're we're, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be wandavision forever you know like we're going to we're going to go to heaven and everyone's going to be lily white uh i i you know the, the, I think most people, the, the part we hate the most about the Bible are genealogies because they're long and boring. <laughs> My favorite genealogy is in Matthew chapter one, mm-hmm. yeah. going through the genealogy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so poignant because um, you, you see this line from the beginning to, to Christ um, and it's pointed out, it's made, you know, it's highlighted that the uh, of four women who were not, mm-hmm. who were not Jews, who were brought into this genealogy right you know and and in the, in the genealogy of the savior the one who everything rides on it's highlighted how these people these non you know with outside the race and females which is to me is also a big thing yeah you know you're highlighting these women as well that you know that the plan the salvation plan included everybody and, and even though there was a chosen people that was chosen and brought to bring the salvation to it 
It's salvation for all. It's salvation for all, and there's no arguing that. And you can even see what a hard time even Jesus' contemporaries had with that when you look at what what crap they gave the Apostle Paul. It's like, look, there's oh, yeah. they no Jew or Gentile. There's no there's no free or slave. Look, this is one God for all people yeah. right here. And don't yeah. call don't call unclean what He's made clean. And look at the final stage, man. Revelation uh, chapter 7 is like there's a great multitude of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues standing before the throne of the Lamb. I mean, that's you and me and every Power Ranger color that you could imagine. We all get. <laughs> we all get full I'm the black access one. to Jesus. <laughs> Talk about representation. Where's the fat superheroes? That's what I want. All right? Tell them. Our time is now. Wait. You better tell them. Go on. The fat people, they're always bad guys. You know, like Kingpin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They always make us bad guys. I'm like, yo, that's not cool, man. You know, they, in, the new, in the newer X-Men, aren't there some big guys? Is there? Yeah, Fat Thor. Fat Thor. We got Fat Thor. Oh, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, we got big Lebowski Thor. That's that, right. that was, that's about it. Fat Thor hanging out at home playing Fortnite. Right on, man. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Look, our God is a God of reconciliation. And, and, and here's the thing. I, reconciliation, it cannot have one person with the advantage. Right. Reconciliation is, is painted out in the picture, I think, of Jesus saying, Look, I'm, I am God. I'm perfect. I'm flawless. And, and it's not a you come up here to me. It's a let me come down to where you are. Let me be your people. And, and I'm going to make every extra effort to come to you because you can't do it on your own. And I think that, that when it comes to all of us, we've got to be the ones that cross the street. We've got to be the ones that reach out our hands. You've got, as a white person, I've got to, uh, and I, I call myself a white person, I'm, I'm actually like half Puerto Rican, but, I, but nobody's going to call me Puerto Rican ever. I'm only Puerto Rican when I'm eating tostones, all right? So <laughs> as a white Wait, person, uh, you know it, baby. <laughs> yes. But I've got, to, I've got to be the one that crosses the street and says, I don't, I don't know everything that I think I need to know. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your experiences. I want to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. And then, and in the same token, when when you guys are, uh, when you see ignorant people who are just so dumb, and and they they think that they know what's right, and they think that they're, they're it's not the politics, it's not voting, it's not what it's it's just the wrong heart and the wrong mind, and they say the wrong thing every time. We've got to be the ones that, that still continue to love and pray for them, even in their ignorance, because that's the Jesus move. And that's so hard to do that. But we have to be the ones that rise above it because not because of us, not because, you know, Lem is somehow just this great, amazing, awesome dude, but because Christ and Lem is this amazing, awesome, world changing power. And it's for me and it's for you too. And it crosses the barriers of culture. It crosses the barriers of race. Jesus is the perfect snapshot of reconciliation. God reconciled himself to us. And, and we have to take that mission too. Uh, the church is unreconciled. The, the, it's, we're just not there yet. But with conversations like this, with the willingness to speak and to listen, listening is so much more valuable than talking. My opinion matters so much less than than our opinion. Let me tell you a, a, a quick story, and obviously you can cut it out for the show. Okay. You know, whatever. <laughs> this is this is just for your this is just for your edification. Sure. Okay. Exclusive. Um, I'll tell you I'll tell you a quick story about myself. So, grew up in Pentecostal church, black church, had some white folk in it, predominantly black church. When my family moved when I was seven to Pennsylvania, the Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area. Um, if you don't know. 
No, well, Western Pennsylvania is a very segregated area. It is. Um, mm-hmm. Extremely segregated. You know, you've got so black folk in Wilkinsburg and mm. you've got black folk mm-hmm. in Penn Hills and you've got, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Jewish folk in Squirrel Hill, the mm-hmm. white folk out in Murraysville, Monroeville, very segregated area. Mm-hmm. So my family did not know this. My family moves to Murraysville, which is 99.98777% white. Right. Um, and of course, you know, and this is something, you know, as, as a parent, you know, you, you got to do with black parents. Sometimes you got to see how racist the area is. You have to research. Well, you know, back in 1989, that really was not as easy. So I was exposed to racism for the first time um, in this, in this white town of Murraysville. And if it wasn't for obviously for Jesus from and my parents and the in the church we went to, shout out to Covenant Church of Pittsburgh and mm. Bishop Joseph Garlington. Um, the, and Bishop Garlington, the whole, especially during that time, their whole thing was on reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was a predominantly black church, um, there were a, a good number of white people there in leadership, on your praise and worship team, in your choir, um, ushers, uh, you know, Sunday school teachers. It was a very mixed church for being predominantly black. And during these, these were the worst seven years of my life where, you know, I was in the uh, public school uh, system where they were, you know, calling, telling me to go back to Africa, call me the N word, call me all types of racist terms on a daily basis. And the school did absolutely nothing. You know, told my parents it was the same as if someone called me, you know, a moron or, or a jerk or something like that. Um, just completely dis. It's not, by the way, just what? side note, what? it's not. <laughs> um, so so during during this time frame, uh, the only example I had of any type of, you know, racial reconciliation or racial unity was within, was it within that church body. And, you know, as a, as a young, as a young kid, I grew um, very angry, very bitter. Um, and I, I actually joined the, uh, the new Black Panthers, not the old school ones, but new Black Panthers who are very, um, I can't even call them pro-black. They're, they're very anti-white. They're very black supremacist. And uh, went the whole, you know, and, and you know, I was reading autobiography on Comex. I was, you know, white man's devil. I was going completely, mm. you know, the the other way. Um, but the, the white people that were, were still in my life, especially at CCOP, were able to show, be examples um, and show consistency that when I got older in my teenage years and my early adult years and the Lord was able to finally weed out that bitterness and that anger that I had you know, fostered for, for years and years. And eventually we, we moved away from Pittsburgh, which was a help. But um, eventually I was able to wean, get off of that and those examples and showing that despite the fact that everyone who I lived around, you know, hated me because of my skin color, I had people who I could look at and say, you know what? I can't say that they're all bad. I can't say that they all hate me because these ones, few, but these few never turned their back on wow. me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and they and the only ones who didn't were those who were Christians. Wow. And and so that for in just my own personal life, um, 
made just a, a huge, huge difference. I, li- I like to see that. That's Go why ahead. When, 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 when I hear that story, that makes me think that if the world, if this nation wants to see change, we have to stop waiting for our elected officials to get it right because they're never going to be able to get past their own infighting and legislation and, and pork barreling. You know, we want, if the world is going to change, if this country is going to change, if our cities are going to change, it takes people standing up for what's right in the name of Jesus Christ. It ta- it's going to take the church to get off the pew and actually do something right in within our own homes, yep. within our own churches, within our communities. We are the catalyst for change. No one else can do it. No one else can do it. Right. And and we can and we should. And if we don't, I think that we're going to have to stand before God one day and, and make a really good Absolutely. explanation. And, uh, and that's that's where I'm at. Hey, we are, we've been chatting for so long tonight. I'm so grateful for you guys coming in and talking to us, lending your experience and lending your voices to this conversation. Um, I'm just so appreciative and so inspired by you guys. Thank you so much for, for being with us before we go. Does anybody else have any last questions or comments for our, our guests tonight? I was going to say shameless plug, check out civil righteousness, which is a really cool group focused on racial reconciliation Okay. through Christ. And then secondly, listen to the Bible Project podcast, Family of God series. Okay. It's so good. Family of God on the Bible Project podcast. Yes. Okay. Uh, Neff? Oh, I, I just want to encourage um, both our listeners and our guests. Um, and it goes back to the generational thing, but I grew up with um, characters like Static Shock. Uh, I, I grew up w- whose best friend was white. So that that they they were best friends. Um, I grew up with Lavar Burton mm. teaching me how to read. I grew up with uh, sports stars being black, being being the people that I look up to, and I uh, I watched shows like Little Bill as a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think <clears throat> this generation, uh, I think that helped normalize diversity, and I think it paved the way for what now is happening, where we recognize different cultures, and I think there's it hasn't formed fully but as more black stories are told in media we're starting to understand cultures more and more and i think once we start to understand cultures we can start working together another thing i think i would say is especially like like people like me who are white christians is be open to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. i i think a lot of what has happened over the past year is white christian america either has to take a stance or they need to listen like they, those are their their two options that they've had to choose from either i need to prove why you're wrong in what you're trying to teach me or i need to be uncomfortable and learn from it um i know of a church who um right after uh, the events happened with george floyd um spoke up and said hey listen as a church we need to do better about racial injustice it, it's real and as the body of christ we need to do something about it and people left the church because the church spoke up about it um, cause I think when people get uncomfortable, they get offended and they leave. I didn't come here for that kind of preaching preacher. Exactly. I, I came mm. here for what, what did, what did, what did the Bible say last week? I don't know. I don't listen. I just, I just <laughs> like it when you, when you play my favorite song and then I can go home and watch football. And, it, and it's, it's something that I've had to really learn. Like where like my instinct is to defend rather than to listen. Oh yeah. Um, and it like, it didn't really hit me. Like I've, I've been pulled over twice in my life. Both the times I got pulled over, I walked away without a ticket. I was not asked to leave my car, and it was two, three minutes. You know, get on. You know, you're fine to go on your way. Just, you know, s- slow down. 
Um, but one of my best friends is black and he got pulled over, you know, within the last year um, on his way home from getting food with his family. He has two very young boys um, and his wife and his wife is not black. They have a mixed race family. And uh, he was taken out of the car and was like questioned, taken to the back of the car. His boys are crying. And uh, like the, the cops were like making jokes to him saying, well, it looks like your food's going to get cold when you get home and like laughing. They at just him. bought their, they just, I know the story. They just bought yeah. their kid McDonald's happy yeah. meal. And it's like, oh, looks like your food's going to be cold. And it was something stupid. Like I think like um, the light for his license plate was out. Like it was something very minimal. Multiple cop cars exactly. out of the car for like 30 minutes. Exactly. And like when I heard that story, it not that it like clicked with me, but it was like, it really made me realize how different our lives are. Yeah. Even though we're in the same city, you know, we go to the same church. You, you live on the same road. We live off the same road, but we have two different experiences. And until people are willing to listen to other people of any race, of any nationality, of any ethnicity, unless you're willing to listen and learn and listen and grow, it's not, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Well said. I, uh, Julia? Um, this happens in a lot of different circumstances, but when they're not to discount the power of prayer, but people often will say like, oh, I'll pray about it or um, I'll pray for you and then do nothing else. Um, I don't know. I think just to stand by those people, to listen, to pray with them, and then to offer any help that you can give those people, I think is just let them know that like, we are together you know what i mean like whatever when you listen don't let that be the end of it i guess is yeah. the point we want to be better i want to be better um i don't walk i'm not i'm not i'm not racist i mean i don't you know walk around but i don't ever want to not do the thing that i should do uh, much less do the thing that i shouldn't do um i want to be better and to do that i have to listen and i have to learn and i have to to experience uh, even if it's just by listening, what your experience is. Uh, we're going we're to close out now. I want to do this before we go. I'm going to give you guys one last quick chance to do something. If we are standing there at the end of Wonder Woman 84 and you guys have Pedro Pascal's uh, magic satellite dish that can speak to the entire world at one time, uh, in the name of racial reconciliation, Willers. what would you say, lasso of truth and all, what would you say to... If you could speak to every black person in the world right now, what what would you say? Hmm. Just stand strong, persevere with with and do it with wisdom. Um, like you said, it, we may not feel the the changes that we're making today, but you know, think about you know our future, yeah. the people who are coming behind us. That's what we're making strides for. So just persevere, stand strong, don't get weary in what we're doing. Nice, Lem, you, you got you got the microphone, and you can talk to every black person on the planet in the name of re reconciliation. What do you say? There are people that hate and fear us. I'm, I'm a Marvel guy. I'm sorry, but there are people that hate and fear us. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't make it right. Hate and fear doesn't make it right. On, no matter who's doing it. Mm -hmm. So be better. You, that's the, the exiest X-Men speech I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? I would try to say something that pretty much every black person in the world would recognize. Um, so even though it's a commonly known Islamic phrase, I would simply say, 
Assalamu alaikum. Um, because that's what I want. I want peace um, for my brothers and sisters here in the United States and in Canada and Mexico and you know, South America and in Africa and everywhere else, because black folk are everywhere, whether people realize it or not. Um, we are everywhere. And, you know, I, you know, that just the peace that I want, obviously, is a peace that comes from, um, it's from the Holy Spirit. And, but that's so often I, I think of, like what Micah said, as far as, you know, being strong, but uh, I, I want there be to, to be, you know, a peace in our in our hearts and spirits as we uh, as we just reprogress and, and navigate. Well said. What do you say to all the white people? Please stop asking to touch my hair. No, I'm, no. I'm Amen. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Fine. Not even that curl. I didn't even want to touch it anyway. Really Leave like my juices and berries <laughs> alone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. No, Lem, for real, man. What do you say? It's the same thing I would say to all the black people. You know what? There are people out in this world that hate and fear you. That doesn't mean that you need to hate and fear them. Be better. Wow. It's a message for everybody. Amen. Wow. I feel so, like, I feel really like that, that gave me goosebumps, man. Very nice. <laughs> Matt, what do you say, man? The Bible says that we need to stand in the gap. And I would tell my message would be there for, for the white people that actually care and want to help that if you really care, you really want to help then, and then you need to stand in the gap. Um, you can no longer stand on the sidelines. Wow. Yeah. You need to be able to stand in the line of fire um, and, and risk something for what you believe in. Yeah. And I would just encourage white people to, to, to stand in the gap for those uh, marginalized people that, you know that they care about yeah well said micah all the white uh, world is listening Michael <laughs> 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 be like well, stop using all that mayonnaise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your food. Why? Why? Why the mayonnaise? if it helps tony doesn't like mayonnaise i don't care for mayonnaise so <laughs> That's probably my Puerto Rican half. <laughs> I love mojo. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, if I can, uh, if I could, uh, just to, uh, I mean, piggyback on what Matt said, just you have to take action. Like you can't just, it can't just be, I, I know. Yeah. Mm. Take action. You have to do something. Uh, and you don't have to do it for every black person in the world. Um, but if you can help one or be there for one. Absolutely. So that's your homework, white people. Be there for somebody. Step up and uh, and, and be the hero. Uh, let, let's be together on this, guys. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you for taking your time to be with us tonight. I know we've talked for a lot, nine hours now. Um, but, well, eight hours cause, for Lem, because he always shows up late. CP time. Time. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> time. Lem was probably actually <laughs> late. Pizza. Oh, somebody was going to say it. I knew it. You can I say that. Coming. I can't say I that. Knew so. I was waiting. I was waiting to see if uh, I can't say it. I can't say it. Uh, it was legit the time zone thing. I saw 8.30. No, and then I, Listen, I I went back to the email. Mike is in I California. Noticed. It's Easter. Thursday where he is. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! 
Well, listen, you made it. We made it. And uh, we have a long way to go, but I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tell us real quick if, where, where people can find you guys online. Uh, Matt, let us know how people can connect with you and follow you. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, uh, Matt Williams, or uh, you can search Rockin' Mr. Magic. Uh, Rockin' slash off the G, MR from Mr. Magic. Um, I am underscore Rockin' Mr. Magic on Twitter. Rockin' Mr. Magic on Twitch. Um, pretty much any social except for IG, you can find me at Rockin' Mr. Magic. Nice. I like Twitch. What about his um, apparel? And, and what about your yeah. Yeah, your clothing? Oh, my apparel, yes. Yeah. So um, my Christian apparel brand, which is called In His Image, because we are all made in his image. Amen. And that is the uh, the first description that God ever gave us, so you can search in his image. Right, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Lim, where can people catch up with you? Uh, you can find me on God Games and Geekery um, on Twitch. Also, the Gametographers on Twitch. Uh, God Games Geekery on Instagram and Twitter and Bad Gamer Elite on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find me anywhere else. It's one of those one of those places will get you there. <laughs> so, uh, all the other places I we, we are, those places will get you there. Right on, right on. All right, and Micah. Where can people find you, uh, my brother, L7? Yeah, so I'm only on Twitter and Instagram. You got any new music coming out? Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't. I've been just busy with school and stuff like that. But, I mean, I have, I've I've been writing, so all right. we'll see, man. Neff wants to feature. But, that's uh, all I'm saying. Oh, okay. I got you, Neff. Right. <laughs> I got you, man. Let's make magic uh, my, handles are, <laughs> <laughs> my handles are uh, EL underscore number seven. All right, Elsa. Give him a good follow and hang out with him a little bit. Uh, we just want to say thank you again so much from all of us here at the Nerd of Godcast. Don't forget to check us out at nerdofgodcast.com. Follow us across all the social medias at Nerd of Godcast. And uh, if you want to be a sponsor, check us out at patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com slash Nerd of Godcast. And you can be a part of the financial blessing of making this ministry go forward. For all of our friends in the Nerd of God squad, black, white, and everywhere in between, let our powers combine. Until next time for the Nerd of Godcast, Steve O. Supremo. Goodbye, everybody. Alexandria Marica. Love you, friends. The big man, Quentin Neff. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And there you go. Julia Cameron Colazzo. Until next time. Nick the Engineer. Goodbye. And our friends, L7, Lem, Phil Yaw, and Matt Williams. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But we can stay here. Amen. We're going to do a quick segment uh, that I just want to call, Are They Black? And uh, there's some of my favorite <laughs> fictional characters that ever I since fail. my childhood, ever, <laughs> ever since my childhood, I've wondered, is that character black? And I want you guys to help me with this. So I'm just going to say a name, and then you guys, you're deciding this in my heart and mind forever, okay? So I'm going to go down the list and then just say, yes, they're black, or no, they're not black. Panthro from the Thundercats. Yes. yes. Oh, he's yes. black. Okay. Yes. Clearly. 100%. Okay. And you know that's Grandpa Huxtable. Yes, I do know that. I do know that. Uh, Destro from G.I. Joe. Yes. Yes. No, no. Yeah. No, 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 don't, no. No, he's don't, not. Don't, you wait, dare, wait. don't quote the movie, Len. Destro? That doesn't count. No, no, no. He's yeah, not. I would if say you look, no. No, no. If you look at the history on the cartoon, his yeah, history I would say no. is no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is, just because he's Scottish doesn't yeah. mean he's not black. 
No. Yeah. Have you ever played <laughs> Team Fortress 2? Wait, who? Destro. 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 With the silver Sil- mask. Silver head. All right, so uh, that's a no. That's a no. That's okay. Uh, Prince Naveen from the Frog Prince, is he black? No, he's not. No, he's not. No? And they purposely made him not black. Okay, so he. If they purposely made him an ambiguous brown from an ambiguous com- country, they purposely made him not African. He's like so, that girl from the office. Can we call him blackish? Nah. Okay, all right. He's, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Which girl from the office are you talking about? Karen? She is black. Oh, Karen. Karen. Karen Filipelli. Karen Filipelli? Her, her dad was a GI. Uh, yeah, her, 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 uh, her dad is, uh, what's it called? Yeah, her dad's Quincy, Quincy Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Flashes of She's black. Her, they, they always call her uh, that my, ambi- my ambiguous my, friend. Ambiguous friend. Hey. Yeah, but she's black. Though. Everybody needs yeah, one. She, uh, all right, Kratos from God of War. Is he black? <laughs> no, he's no. Greek. No. He's not. You don't think so? His voice, his voice actor. I mean, was I know black. that. Voice actor, and I know not. the voice actor. You know, just like, hey, Shredder from from Ninja Turtles had a black voice actor, right? Okay. So it's Uncle Phil. That's Uncle yeah. Phil. Yeah. Uncle Phil. So I'm just saying, I know the voice actor doesn't necessarily count, but no, underneath all that, he's not just. It's, it's not, he's not just an ashy black guy. Nah. No. Okay. No. He's ashy. My man needs to moisturize. He needs Jergens. No, forget Jergens. He needs some straight cocoa butter. Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> just bathe in it. Just. All right. Okay. All right. I got to keep this thing moving, man. Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> no, he ain't black. No. Nah, he's purple. <laughs> Yeah. I know he's. <laughs> no, no, that's like he don't need black. He's like that blue. No, he's purple. <laughs> he got them deep, deep hues, but no. Nah. All right, okay, okay. Come on, Tony's face. Asking. Look at him. He's annoyed. Know. Everybody knows that. I'll tell you who is black. Who's black? Vegeta is black. Vegeta, so Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta? Vegeta is black. So that was my next I'm one. Sorry, was not Vegeta. I'm sorry, Piccolo. Um, no, Piccolo. Piccolo. Black. That was Piccolo. my next one. Is Piccolo black? Yeah, Piccolo's black. Piccolo's black, 100%. I I don't know Dragon Ball. Okay, all right. Let's talk about Mr. Piccolo. Neither do I. That's two out of three. He's wearing a shirt. and angry. He's black. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a poser. Skeeter from from Doug. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Skeeter's black. Is that the mean kid? No, 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 that's no, Roger. Like Skeeter's the blue, Roger. the blue brother. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Roger's Roger's the one yeah, that looks like, like Macklemore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skeeter's black. All right, and then lastly, uh, Powerline from the Goofy movie. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, that's Absolutely. Usher. Okay. Powerline no, is Usher. No, that's Tevin Campbell. That's Tevin Campbell. Well, I know, I'm saying, like, but he's supposed to be like Usher. Yeah. All yeah, right. yeah, but they had Tevin Campbell do it. And we have finally decided so many wonderful things that I, now I can put to rest in my heart forever. 